what's up, everybody? Welcome to Respawn Aim Fire, the kick-ass irreverent gaming podcast from Affable Idiots. We are on episode 199 today, 200's just around the corner. Very excited. I am one of your hosts, Chad Michaelinis. I've got with me here Holden Valentine's Putty Departo. <laughs> Valentine's Putty. I don't want to know what that actually means. I'm imagining, based on what I just said right now, Valentine's Putty. <laughs> you ever heard your penis referred to as pud? <laughs> like pulling your pud? No. <laughs> no. Well, you can imagine where it goes from there. Valentine's Putty is maybe just like a puddle of laughter on Valentine's Day. <laughs> Welcome, everyone. Uh, we are Sex Babom, and we've got the dreamiest fan base of all time joining us from all over the globe right now. Uh, if you are watching us live on Twitch on Sunday nights at around 8... Oh, it is exactly 8.30 Eastern time right now, just like Dane Deasy is in the chat, famous ball man. Uh, awesome. Welcome. If you are watching us delayed on Tuesdays at 9 a.m. on podcast services and YouTube, what's up? Y'all are sexy, but not as sexy as those who watch us live. Um, we've got I, a bunch I have of stuff. To call out for a second. Yes, we, we couldn't call our title "Kill." We couldn't have killed the title, but we can talk about Valentine's Putty in such detail, <laughs> and it's totally fine. No problem. <laughs> yep. Yep. Sorry. That's continue on. for you. Continue on. Um, <laughs> so we've got a lot coming up. As I mentioned, next week is episode two hundred of Respawn Aim Fire. We are also turning four at the same time. We are four years old, which is really exciting for us. Uh, we want you to be involved. Please go to Twitch, not Twitch, go to twitter.com slash Respawn Aim Fire and uh, let us know what you think is coming in the next 10 years in gaming. Not necessarily a game, could be a game, but also like, where's the industry headed? What's the technology going to look like 10 years from now? What are your predictions for the next 10 years? That's our big topic of conversation for next week. Uh, do that on Twitter. Do that via email at respawnamefire at gmail.com. We'll read them out. <sighs> we will... Remind me in two hours to tweet about episode 200. Okay, we're going to tweet about that. Also, I just had a brain fart. Not a brain fart. A, uh, what happened? Don't Can't think of the word. But I just came up with an idea for a prediction I might want to make. I'm writing it down right now. Write it down do right it. meow. We've got a bunch of fun stuff coming up today. It's going to be a little bit of a lighter episode, and we've got some some yummy stuff. We're talking about Jamie Lee Curtis today, the woman who poops thanks to Activia Yogurt. We're talking about Google destroying a developer's accounts, and he's destroying them by taking his game off their studio, or off their Sadia. But first, you know what time it is. It is time for 2021 Part 1, Mary Fuck, Kill, Spectacular. It has been a year, more than a year, nope, almost a year since we last did this. Nope, more than a year. That's how time works. The last time we did this, Holden, was January of 2020. Mary Fuck Kill is a game that we play here on Respawn Aim Fire where we look at the next six months of games. We decide which ones we would marry, which ones we would fuck, and which ones we would kill. There is no value judgment associated with any of those. It is simply... A nonsense <laughs> thing that we do looking at the upcoming games for the year. So it's really exciting. We are doing part one today. So this will be January through June. Um, we're going through six, sorry, 18 different games. And we're going to eventually come down to one game of those 18 that we're going to marry, one that we're going to fuck, and one that we're going to kill. 
We'll come back in July. We will do the remainder of the year. This is going to be interesting and fun, Holden. You know why? Because we've got a brand new setup. Boom. Look at this, Boom. everyone. If you're watching the video podcast, we are going split screen with my iPad as we kind of do this activity. So you can see in real time as we uh, determine our picks. So this is, to, to introduce this concept to people, this is an overall affable idiots respawning fire collective Mary fuck kill. So Holden and I do have to agree on these before we move on to the next batch. So that's the objective today. Um, I want to I want to real quickly revisit. I'm going to go to my notes app on my computer. I want to revisit last time's results just so you have an idea of the kind of games that we're into sexually, as well as platonically, as well as murderically. Uh, so this again, <laughs> I mentioned we did not do it over the summer last year, mostly because we COVID hit and there was nothing. <laughs> there was nothing, and also we forgot COVID hit our brains. Um, MFK 2020 part one. So here's what we came out. We ended up killing Minecraft dungeons. We ended up fucking resident evil three. Ooh, that's an ugly fuck right there. And then we married and mm. killing a game you liked too. Yeah. Yeah. Um, we married, I would like to file for a divorce cyberpunk 2077. So that, <laughs> that's where we fell last time. That's really funny. Welcome, Dallas, I still like that game, but I can definitely recognize bad choice in hindsight. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so here we go. We're gonna go through these three at a time. Starting with, I've kind of grouped them into categories of like they have something in common. So we're we're looking at first Hitman Three, Death Loop, and Mass Effect Legendary Edition. All of these have something in common. You kill people, and Holden kind of likes them. So, that's the criteria for this first one. Hold on, are we going to marry, fuck, and kill Hitman 3? Where do we, are, what, is, what is our thought process as we go through this first one? So, immediately, this is a tough one because I do have an interest in all these games. But there's definitely a mm -hmm. hierarchy mm -hmm. to them. For starters, technically I kind of already killed Hitman 3 by not buying it and don't have a plan to buy <gasps> it for the foreseeable future because I need to oh, play no. Hitman 2 first. So, like, that seems like the most logical one to kill. Plus, the game's about killing. Unlike Deathloop, which has nothing to do with killing at all. <laughs> um, Sorry, but I think the obvious one, and I, I, I feel like, I'm being presumptive here, but I feel like we can both agree that we're going to marry Mass Effect Legendary Edition. I was just thinking that. Mass Effect Legendary it's, Edition, it's it's got a long life to it. It's three full games. There's lots to explore and exactly. discover. You can play as Femshep, and then whenever you get tired of each other, you can go to Male Shep, and you can have an entirely different relationship through the rest of your marriage. Plus, the game has a lot of relationship building within it. It this does, like except for lesbian relationships with Jack. You can't do that. Um, yeah, I agree so, with you there. So we're agreeing on that for Mary. Okay. And then it comes to Deathloop and Hitman 3. Who are we going to fuck? Who are we going to kill? Now, what's, what's, your, what's your, theories, your theorization for killing Hitman 3 again? Just because you didn't buy it? Yeah, I didn't buy it, so I kind of feel like that's the sign that it's getting the kill. Whereas, like, Deathloop, I'm probably going to get at launch. Prob probably. Probably. I, I, you do Although that a comes good out point. really close to Mass Effect. I mean, you bring up a good point that there are games on this this list that have already come out. Ideally, we would have done this at the beginning of January, but we forgot about it. Uh, as I mentioned, COVID ate One of brains. these is going to be super hard because one of these has been playing the game all weekend. 
So it's gonna uh-huh. be very hard uh-huh. to. Uh-huh. Yeah. Just, anyway, um, that's that's in the future. I'm gonna okay. So I, I'm gonna propose fuck, um, Death Loop and kill Hitman Three. I'm gonna make what I think is a stronger argument. Okay. Fuck Hitman Three, and here's why: because in Hitman, you can kill in any number of ways you can dress up in different costumes you can use different toys and tools like if you're going for an experience like i'm gonna get this in one shot i'm gonna fuck this once you can customize it however you want it to be whereas death loop it's like groundhog's day it's the same thing over and over you're dying and you go back and kill you die you go back and kill and it's like that's that's not something i want to have sex with counter counterpoint mm-hmm. dishonored which is kind of a spiritual predecessor to Deathloop in some ways, is kind of considered almost like a Hitman-like game in terms of you can kind of go in and choose your path and kind of how you want to do it. So yeah, you might be going back and going back to that same world again, but it will be about approaching it in a different manner and all that. Um, but I will agree that Hitman the, Three is more versatile, absolutely. But my, Hitman here's Three the thing is first. That's which important one would you in the rather play? Community? <laughs> well, which one would so, you rather play Hitman 3 I would or rather play I would rather play Deathloop but that doesn't have anything to do with fucking or killing but here's what I would say about <laughs> Deathloop is that you don't know what you want to change until you've seen what's out there and killed the first time and or die the first time and then you come back and you're like oh I'm going to approach it differently this time whereas Hitman 3 you're like you can explore the very first time and if you only get one fuck I think it's really Deathloop's going to be Mm-hmm. Yeah, I I think it's funny that I'm in the position of uh, you're in the position of defending Hitman Three. And I'm in the position <laughs> of saying kill it. <laughs> uh, but yeah, let's do that. Let's uh, let's fuck Hitman Three and we'll kill Deathloop. Yes. All right, so we are fucking in all caps apparently Hitman Three, and we are killing Deathloop. All right, Holden. These next three games, uh, Balan Wonderworld. If you're unfamiliar, that's the like musical theater inspired game that's coming out. Uh, it takes two, which is the game from the guy who uh, fucks the Oscars, and that's the mandatory co-op game. And then new Pokemon Snap, which is self-explanatory. These are all three fluff games. That's their relationship. They're fluff games. How do we play? I'm gonna have you start this one because I have. Yeah, I don't, I don't have as much attachment to these games, so I'm curious where you, you start off with. Okay. Um, we fuck, it takes two. It's a threesome. It's one of those, like, you only get to do this once, maybe twice in your life, unless you're a polygamous, polyamorous relationship. So we fuck, it takes two to make it out of sight. And then that leaves us, where do, where do we kill? New Pokemon Snap or Balan Wonderworld? Um... Balan Wonderworld is a risk. No one knows it yet. Pokemon Snap has already been established. People like it. There are now, rather than the original 150, there are 800-something Pokemon for us to snap over our lifetime. Like, we've got a lot there that we can work with. Whereas Balan Wonderworld looks like a child, and if you marry a child, that's illegal. (laughs) (laughs) I'm thinking, marry Pokemon Snap, fuck It Takes Two, kill Balan Wonderworld. You know, that all sounds extremely reasonable to me. I, I, I can't say I see anything differently there. Okay, okay. Uh, wait, what's the other game here that we're killing? Deathloop, okay. 
Deathloop is dead. And then Balan Wonderworld is dead as well. We've got It Takes Two is fucked. And then we have New Pokemon Snap. Okay, next category. MLB The Show 21, coming multi-platform for the first time this year. Bravely Default 2. Monster Hunter Rise. All three games that will review well that we don't give a fuck about. Holden, how do we progress? All right, well, I'm not a sports person. I'm a, I'm a sports ball kind of person. I say sports ball, ironically, all the time. Great, wonderful. Um, You're one of those I'm people one of those on Twitter people. on Super Bowl. Okay. No, I, I don't do it then. I don't want to be like, I don't want to ruin anyone's Twitter feed. But at home, all the all day, all the time. Gotcha. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> um, MLB The Show 21, fuck it. I mean, I try to kill it. Just kill just it. Kill oh, it. Okay. I, I just don't. Why is that? Yeah, I, I don't care about sports games. Okay. okay. It's a sports game. Just don't care. Um, but it goes between, the real battle is between uh, Bravely Default 2 or Monster Hunter Rise. I feel like I've played Monster Hunter games, not like a huge amount of experience, but like enough that I, I know what it is. And I'd fuck with it, but I wouldn't like have a committed relationship with it. Whereas I have liked some JRPGs, and I could marry a JRPG if, if I had to, compared to the other games here at least. So I'm going to say marry De um, Bravely Default 2. Fuck uh, Monster Hunter Rise and kill um, MLB The Show 21. Hmm. Hmm. I could, I could get on board with Monster Hunter Rise being fucked. Because that's like a... Those are like big, giant, raucous monsters. And that could be, that could be for one hell of a night. Yeah. Bravely Default 2... I've been scorned. So I, I'll go ahead. Uh, well, fuck Monster Hunter Rise. Blade Default 2, I've been scorned by the first one. And it, it kind of like Groundhog Day was monotonous for me, playing the same, literally the same game over and over. Versus MLB The Show 21, which, like, at least is fun for a little bit. Okay, let's see. There are a multitude of characters in Bravely Default 2, but there are also a lot of athletes you can marry in MLB The Show 21 as well. And just kind of rotating through those, that the, the whole roster. Uh, you know what, though? That's what marriage is at its core. You learn about someone, you appreciate them, you like them for what they are, and then it's the same thing for the rest of your life. And, and uh, for better or for worse. All right, we're going to marry Bravely Default. And we're going to kill MLB The Show 21. <laughs> Dale, so right. this is the easiest kill you'll ever do. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Let me put these in here. Let's see. Bravely. I should have just built this spreadsheet to automatically bring them over whenever I put the right thing in the thing. We're fucking Monster Hunter Rise. And we are killing... MLB the show. Okay, next one. Persona 5 Strikers. Outriders, which is that, uh, it's the game that looks like it's a Destiny ripoff, but could have some cool combat, will probably suck. And then Biomutant, which is the game from, um, who's the studio doing it? It's THQ Nordic. 
game from THQ Nordic about the Rocket Raccoon ripoff. So the uh, kind of consensus here was that they are all ripoffs because Persona 5 Strikers is obviously a Mario Strikers charge ripoff. <laughs> that's our that's our criteria for this one. <clears throat> who we marrying? Who we fucking? Who we killing? I can right off the bat. This I is don't, a tough that that fucking nasty ass bio mutant whatever the fuck it is that I'm playing as. I don't want to see that. I don't want to touch it. I don't want to put my penis in it. I'm going to say we killed the bio mutant. Oh, that's what I was going to argue. I was going to say let's fuck the bio mutant. So we might have. Ew, yeah. No. Would you yeah. put your Would you put your penis in a roadkill possum on the side of the road? No. <laughs> <laughs> so thinking about this as a game, thinking about this as a game, and it's it. This is going to speak much more to me, but. Because it has some similarities, apparently, to Breath of the Wild, I'm like, ooh, that's oh. intriguing. I see you across Who the bar. Said that? That's intriguing over there. Everything but apparently has similarities to Breath of the I, Wild, it might not, according to Twitter. That is true. But from what I've seen, there's like this gameplay demo, and I'm like, hmm, that looks, looks kind of good. I can get into that. Outriders, it's another Destiny ripoff, which is like, it feels like every game is service game is a Destiny ripoff to some degree. Even Avengers had the Destiny comparison. And that really, gameplay wise, is. Nothing to do with Destiny. It's still got the comparisons. Everything's yeah, a Destiny yeah. comparison nowadays. Just like Breath of the Wild comparisons are um, a <laughs> Breath hot of the commodity Wild right is a Destiny now. ripoff. <laughs> um, so I, I kind of feel like I just want to kill Outriders because who's going to play that when they can play Destiny? Just saying. Persona 5 Strikers. Now, I don't know much about uh, Persona 5 Strikers. Is it? Is it a literal persona style game i have no idea it's like an rpg i have no idea i gotta look this up i i have no idea either so let me look this up really quick because if <clears> it is that i mean again i could marry a jrpg i could get into that potentially let's find I just, out i can't get over how disgusting the biomutant thing looks and you're gonna put your penis in it you're gonna I mean, dip I, I, your I'd pen in it. that i'd fuck ink. with it see what it's about there could be a potential for marriage there, for all I know. Let's take a look at your Pornhub history. I bet there's a lot of bestiality in there. Oh, um, Persona... Okay, oh, no, okay, no. We, we gotta change this up now, because I just found out what Persona 5 Strikers is. What is it? It's a Dynasty Warriors-style game uh, for Persona. Uh, Kill I it. hate it. Kill it. Kill it. So now I'm gonna propose something very different. <laughs> Kill Persona 5 Strikers. Fuck Biomutant. Marry Outriders, because it's, it's all that's left. <laughs> Can we can we marry Biomutant though? I just don't want to put my penis on it. Okay. Okay, that's fine. Yeah, let's marry Biomutant. We'll have one of those sexless marriage where we have separate rooms, and I make it wear a dress and a wedding veil all the time. Okay. Here's the scenario: Biomutant is an asexual partner, but they don't want to take you away into a sexless life, so they let you fuck with Outriders, but you're still married to Biomutant. That's what it is. All right, so we're marrying Biomutant. We are fucking Outriders. And we are killing P5 Strikers. All right, marry... God, I can't believe we're going to marry Biomutant. Okay. <laughs> We've got two this more. This next one's so hard. Why'd you do this to me? This is Super so Mario hard. Super Mario 3D World plus Bowser's Fury. Kina Bridge of Spirits, 
Ratchet and Clank fan, uh, Ratchet and Clank Rift Apart. These are all kind of like family cartoony games that Holden's really into. So that's what this category is. Who we marrying? Who we fucking? Who we killing? Five seconds ago, I just said this is gonna be really hard, but one of what I have a very definitive way of looking at this now. Here we go. Go on, Kina. Here's the Kina. I, I I looked into Kina a little bit when we were doing our fantasy league, and here's what I came out with with Kina. That studio's never made a game before. They've only made like animated video shorts. Not exactly a great feeling that that's going to be an awesome game. Could be, but there's no um, there's no precedent to work off. But of also, there. so I, I already have some skepticism about that game. Okay. Okay. Not a huge amount, but enough. Ratchet and Clank Rift Apart. Ratchet and Clank games are fun. It's the kind of game you play once and then you don't really play it again. I can't imagine I'm going to go back over and over and play that game. But Super Mario 3D World plus Bowser's Fury, it's got the multiplayer. It's got the return to play with your friends. It's got getting high scores in each level. It's It's got a lot to it. So I think I could marry Super Mario 3D World plus Bowser's Fury. I would fuck with Ratchet and Clank Rift Apart with the one playthrough. And then, because Keenan and Bridge of Spirits is the only thing left, but also not sure what to feel about it, we're going to kill it. I agree with your arguments, and I'm going to propose an alternate arrangement because of it. Yes, okay. Super Mario 3D World plus Bowser's Fury, I agree. Let's marry that. That sounds like a good argument there. But because Ratchet and Clank is like, I know what it is, I'll do it, and then I'll never come back to it. Like That sounds like, that sounds like you're calling up your ex and be like, hey, what are you doing tonight? You just want to do this once and, and never talk again. And they're like, yeah. And like, you know what that sex is. And it's boring. It's not necessarily boring, but like, you know, it's lived in. It's comfortable. It's recycled. Whereas there's always the thrill of the new. It could blow your mind. It could be really awful. It could make for a great story. It, it's like new is always better. Maybe not better feeling or better sex, but like the idea of new with Kena Bridge of Spirits. Like that's exciting. That's thrilling. That's risky. And if it ends up being I bad, that's a good like, argument. That's a good story to tell at a bar. Oh, this girl Kina one time, all of her little black Orby friends that were jumping everywhere, one of them touched my butt and I said, nope. <laughs> and it turns out I liked it. That's my proposal. It's a good proposal. There's something we have to consider here, though. And that is that uh, Ratchet and Clank Rift Apart is going to be one of the only PS5 exclusive games that takes advantage of the SSD, which stands for Super Sexy Drive. And <laughs> it's a Super Sexy Drive. <laughs> yes, it's the X. You're absolutely right. It's the X. But it's the X that, like, you know, had a major life change. So they're kind of newly intriguing. And you're going you're gonna to step in and see what it's about. Because there's something major there. And that major thing is the super sexy drive. Kena Bridge of Spirits is going to be on PS4 still. So again, like, there's some problems there. I don't know, man. I'm just like... Super sexy drive, Chad. Super sexy drive. But, like, Kena Bridge of Spirits can take advantage of that a little bit. It's not built around it, but, like, can take advantage of it. It's like Sackboy Big Adventure. It's a good game. But is it like a PS5 showcase? Does it really take advantage of the SSD? For some loading screens, not really. We never know but, because but we Ratchet see the loading Clank, screens when we play with people on PS4. 
Yeah. But a Ratchet and Clank, the gameplay mechanics of like warping in and out of dimensions all center around super sexy drive. And I guess, you know, they're trained. Like they, they know what they're doing with what's in the room, with what's in the bedroom. And they're they've specifically yeah, trained around point. and optimized yeah. it. So like, yeah, you might be returning to something that's old, but man, it's good. It's good. It's good. Yeah. It's not someone you broke up with because like the fucking situation was bad. You know what I mean? Who else are we fucking in here? Let me see how it compares. <laughs> We're fucking Hitman. <laughs> it takes two. Monster Hunters, Outriders. We're fucking those for very different reasons. Okay. Okay. We're fucking Ratchet and Clank. And then we're killing Kina. Oh, poor Kina. Poor Kina. Hey, I'm not like wanting to kill Kina necessarily. I'm still open to it, but we'll see. All right. Killing This next one's going to be really tough, too, I think. So here we go. I think we're going to agree on the Mary for the next one. But I think it's the the fucking the kill we're going to have. Returnal? The fudge and care. That's right. Mary fudge and care. Um, Returnal? Resident Evil Village and Back for Blood. These are all kind of maybe gross-looking, spooky, mysterious games. I'm, I set this up last time. What, what, what's, yeah, what so here, here's where I'm going with it. Resident Evil Village, I'm thinking, is my Mary. And Returnal, I'm thinking, is my fuck. And Back for Blood is my kill. Here's why. I thought we were going to have... Go ahead, yeah. Go ahead. Here's, here's why. Um, Returnal is, is the is the fuck because I feel like it's... It's it's a little bit of that same thing with Kina. Like, it's the new. It's mysterious. I don't really know what it's going to be. I could love it. I could not. could make for a great story. could be awful. But it's it's mysterious. Resident Evil Village, I'm proposing we marry... Because we could be very happy if this is continuing Resident Evil Seven, you know the family, and you're kind of you could almost be brainwashed a little bit into, you know, being one of the family and being with one of these women. Also, the women in that are sexy. She's like eight something foot tall. So Resident Evil Village, I'm thinking we're gonna marry, and then Back for Blood. All of those enemies are just fucking disgusting. Plus. I know it's not the same series as Left 4 Dead, but it's like kind of the same series. There was an enemy type called the Smoker, where it was a person who smoked cigarettes in that game. No, pass. I'm going to go back for blood. You're killed. That's my proposal. I would 100%, I 100% agree. Um, definitely want to marry Resident Evil Village. We have a tried and true relationship. Minus, minus a rocky patch with Resident Evil 3 Remake. It's been a solid marriage so far. So, like, absolutely. Back for Blood, didn't play Left 4 Dead, don't care, kill it. But Returnal, <laughs> let me tell you, Chad, I have a fetish for super sexy drives. And Returnal oh <laughs> is definitely going to have some super sexy drives. All right. So there we go. So here's the last part of this. We now go three by three through each of the winners of each category. So we're going to find out who we're marrying next. We're going to go through the first three that we chose to marry, then the second three that we chose to marry, and then we're going to choose one from the final one. And we'll do the same for fuck, same for kill. So when it comes to marrying, we have Mass Effect Legendary Edition, we have New Pokemon Snap, and we have Bravely Default. Which of those are we marrying? 
Mass Effect 3 Legendary Edition, I feel like, is what I would want to marry of the three. I definitely, like, I was even I was even on the fence about putting Bravely Default in here, so I'm totally cool with, with nixing that. Mm-hmm. Pokemon Snap versus Mass Effect. Yeah, Mass Effect Legendary. You got Liara on there. You can literally romance people. Garrus. Let's go. All right. So we're choosing that. Then we have Biomutant, Mario 3D World plus Bowser's Fury, and Resident Evil Village. What are we I feel like Biomutant is like off the table. Yeah, it's disgusting. I don't I want to like touch the, it. There's no way we're going to agree with that. Yeah. No. Uh, and here's the thing. Is Mario 3D World is one I was considering fucking before, and then we ended up on marriage with that one. But we both just unanimously agreed that Resident Evil Village is something we want to marry. Now here's well, the same, I, same I know I will be though. happy with Mario 3D World in a marriage. Resident Evil Village is one of those like I could brainwash myself to be happy. And those women are demonic but also like I could be with a really tall woman. So like I Mario 3D World's a sure thing. So that's where I okay. would steer. I got some recency bias cuz I've played a shit ton of Mario 3D World. Yeah. And let's fuck it, let's get married. Let's get married. Hell yeah, that's badass. Do it. <laughs> um, great. So then, final battle between marriage. Is it Mass Effect Legendary Edition or is it Mario 3D World? Mass Effect Legendary Edition. I think you're right. So much variety, mm-hmm. so much adventure. That would be a fun, like space adventure. I almost just spoiled the last game too. But like, yeah, it's great. <laughs> All right, so we are marrying that for the next six months. We are marrying Mass Effect Legendary Edition. Who are we fucking? Hitman Three, It Takes Two, Monster Hunter Rise. Of those, who are we fucking? Here's the thing about Hit Takes Two. I never played the Brotherhood game, the first game this guy made. And uh, what was the other one? That he made uh, uh, the, the getaway get, or something like that. Get out? No, out to get, get you. Get away. Exactly. We played it. The two we prison we guys. Barely remember it. Yeah, and it was it was fine. Yeah, I don't know. I think I like that guy's personality because he's a certain inta- entertaining person. I don't to like his to. personality. I think he's obnoxious. <laughs> 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 I think that how forthcoming he is is hilarious. So I I appreciate it, but I'm like I don't know. Like I don't need to. I don't need to fuck with that game. Uh, Monster Hunter Rise, I mean, I think you, you were right, kind of right earlier. It might be a fun game to fuck around with, but Hitman 3, man, for me, of these three games, I would fuck that game. I was like, I was thinking in my brain, like, if we get one chance to fuck something and it's a threesome, like, why not take that opportunity? But, I mean, Hitman 3, you're right. You can kind of customize it. You could make it a threesome. Who knows? You can enlist other people to help you kill people. Yeah. Okay. All right. I kind of feel the like next three. The, whatever wins next time, though, is going to beat it, though. Who knows? Feel Outriders, it. Ratchet and Clank, Rift Apart, Returnal. Which one are we fucking? Right out of the gate, Outriders is gone. Oh, yeah. Well, no, we, we won't touch that with our wee-wees. Yeah. I, I have a dilemma here. I have a super okay. sexy drive fetish, and <laughs> these next two games Shut both up. have super sexy drives. <laughs> so, like, I'm caught, but I know Ratchet and Clank... It's like a safe bet. Returnal's a riskier bet because what was that studio's? They basically made twin stick shooters, essentially, is their last kind of lineup of games. You know, it was Resogun. They made um, Nex Machina, I think was the name of it. Sure. 
They make games that Colin Moriarty loves. Yes. But Insomniac makes games that you love. Spider-Man. They made Spidey. They made Spidey. So I feel like that's... I will, I will vote Ratchet and Clank here. But here's the thing. Now the vote is between Ratchet and Clank and Hitman 3, and I am, I am like full boner ahead on Hitman 3. Really? Yeah, I mean, Super Sexy Drive is fine. But like literally the ability to, to set up your perfect fuck is like, what's better than that? Your perfect fuck could include a Super Sexy yeah. Drive in the game world. <laughs> That's how Super Sexy Drives work. Avi and and um, and Hitman Three has VR support. How fucking mind blowing could that be? All right, let's do Hitman Three. We're gonna Hell fuck Hitman yeah. Three. Okay. I never would have guessed that you would have been pressing me more on Hitman Three this, con- <laughs> this whole conversation. <laughs> never would have guessed that was gonna happen. All right, who are we killing? Deathloop, Balan Wonderworld, or MLB The Show Twenty One? It'll be the show 21. Fuck that game. Kill it. Kill it. Kill it. <laughs> I'm all right with that. Mostly because I don't care about Shad- any of these games. Dallas is best. Just... Um, P5 Strikers, Kena, Back for Blood. Before we get into that, Dallas has sent us a message. He can't hear us that well over Destiny, and he wants to know if he can raise the microphone volume. And because you're um, in control, of Holden's that, volume's at 100. percent are editing all that. Holden's volume's at 100. percent My oh, volume okay. is well, also at 100. percent I'm sorry, Dallas. You just got to return the headphones <laughs> or turn down Destiny. Mm, yeah. Look at this though. I can put a little mouse right, cursor so on Holden's nose. Sure that was nose. Look at that. Look at that. <laughs> um, so here we go. Yeah. Do we do? P5 Strikers, Kena, or Back for Blood? What are we killing? I just want nothing to do with P5 Strikers. Whereas Kena and Back for Blood, I'm like, I'm curious, at least. Yeah. All right. Yeah, I, yeah, absolutely. Let's kill it. And then finally, between the two, which one ultimately are we killing? Metal, Metal Gear Solid, MLB. MLB The Show 21. <laughs> Or P5 Strikers, which one is our ultimate kill? I could see myself at one point being like, all right, fine, I'll play Persona 5 Strikers. I could never, ever see myself saying, oh, yeah, let me give MLB The Show 21 a chance. Maybe this time I'll like baseball. Don't see that happening, so kill it. That's, that's you know my what? view. I'm kind of in that with you. Like, I've, I've played MLB The Show... The one where they added move support, where you actually like were pitching the ball and hitting it, and it's like baseball games are just—they're just boring. The only baseball game that's worth it is Super Mario Sluggers, or whatever it was called. That's it. It's the only good one. So here we are, everybody. At the end of the day, as they say on Scrubs, at the end of the day, we're marrying Mass Effect Legendary Edition. We are fucking Hitman Three. And we are killing Persona 5 Strikers. Again, none of those have any uh, like value judgments associated with them. That's just like what we want to do. That was a fun little trip. Woo! There we go. We're back to regular. Back to normal. Back to reality. Oh, there goes gravity. Um, 
Holden, thanks for playing Mary Fuck Hill. We'll return in July with round two for Mary 2021. And by Mary 2021, I mean 2021. Uh, let's move on to a little segment we call Playtime, where we talk about the games that we played this week, starting with what we both played, Mario Kart 8 Deluxe. I've decided the X is pronounced like a ch now. Deluxe. <laughs> what were your thoughts this week? We played um, that for the... Yeah. It's been a long time since we played that on game night. Yeah, it's been a long time since I played it in general. Um, I love that game. It's a really good game. And I'm not going to go as far as to say is that was probably the most fun I can remember having with Mario Kart Deluxe because it just felt really competitive and just constantly engaging and entertaining throughout. Um, it's That's like the best Mario Kart when you're up in the lead and you fall back because like every fucking shell on the planet Earth hit you at one time or the opposite of that, which is when you're in ninth, and because every fucking shell on Earth hit someone else, you were able to get ahead. And there's a lot of moments like that where it was it would pull back and forth, and it was just it was that was a blast. That was a total blast. Yeah, I had a really great time. Like I was, to be honest, 100% honesty. You know, Destiny Two is is an addiction that I deal with every day, and. When we were going into Mario Kart 8, you know, Brent was talking shit. I'm not going to play. Dallas was talking shit. He's not going to play. And I was like, you know what? I kind of hope that it's a dead, one of those dead nights where it's just like three of us or something like that, or maybe even just you and I, and I can call it quits a little early and go play Destiny. But then we got on, and there were, what, nine of us, eight of us, something like that? And you're right. It was a great time. And part of that is because there were so many good people. Like... Mario Kart, here's my problem with Mario Kart 8 Deluxe. Here's my problem with Mario Kart in general. I'm good at Mario Kart. When I play with most people, I'm just in first the whole time. It's just nothing but green shells and bananas, and it's boring for me. So Mario Kart 8 Deluxe, when I'm playing with other good people, Joel turns out as a closeted Mario Kart savant. You're obviously good at Mario Kart. so is Sean. Um, Sean? Who is Sean? John. 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 John Hansen. Gotcha. Yes, John was great at it. Dane was pretty good at it. He found out that he was not as good as he thought he was. Rest in peace, Dane. You do have great balls, though. <laughs> um, but yeah, it was it was a really good time. I, I enjoyed it a lot. Uh, so I'm glad we I'm glad we picked that. We should come back to it a little bit more often. And also give everyone yeah, who wasn't game. necessarily sorry, a, sorry, Brent. Yeah, gave everyone who's not like a um, uh, a PlayStation nut like us a, an extra chance to jump in there. Yeah, and then. Here's something new. I played Call of Duty Black Ops 3 Zombies, Holden. Isn't that strange? Isn't that so <laughs> weird for me? Um, My first question is, why would you do that? <laughs> well, I have a friend from work who um, we've been trying to figure out something to play together. and But really, like the only stuff that we overlap on that we enjoy are single-player games or... Uh, Warzone, but the problem is he plays Warzone on PC, and he's already got his whole group of people. If I play Warzone, it's on PlayStation Five, and you know we've got our group of people. So we're trying to figure out what do we play together. Um, and he's talking all about Cold War Zombies and how amazing it is. And I was like, you know, there's Black Ops Three is free with PlayStation Plus, and it has zombies in it. You want to just sync up this weekend and we'll play zombies together? And he's like, oh, dude, yes. And it has all the old maps from when I was a kid and all these different games. I was like, okay, cool. Let's get to play this. And Holden, I had a fucking blast. And he was telling me, he was like, oh, man, I mean, like, it, this is cool, but just like Cold War is so much better than this. Blah, blah. Like, I 100% think we should make this game night game this week. Call of Duty Zombies okay. on Thursday. It's groups of four. 
but it's like it's a I didn't I honestly didn't even know what zombies was. Like I thought it was oh regular multiplayer, but there were zombies and everyone's trying to kill the zombies. But it's not. It's it's wave based, and it's also so it's like a little bit like it's a horde mode. You survive as long as you can, but it's also uh, these environments it's hard too. It is hard. Yeah, it's hard. It took it took us a while before we started getting pretty far in it. But it's all of these environments, and you start in a room. And your goal is to kill the zombies, obviously, as they come into the room, board up the windows. And as you kill people and board up windows, you get money. And then you use that money to unlock doors to other rooms in the building or in the, the area. So you're slowly growing your, your space that you're able to run around in. And so we were playing uh, the Kino der Toten, which is the dead theater, or theater of the dead. Uh, which is basically this this old German theater with uh, a ton of really it, when you finally do unlock the stage in the auditorium, it totally reminds me of the Last of Us Part Two uh, scene on the stage, and it was like, oh my god, this is really this is really fucking cool. And there are tons Lots of re- zombies on that stage, so many <laughs> zombies. Um, but yeah, it was really cool. It was challenging. There are power ups everywhere. There are different guns you can buy and unlock, and it, it was just. It was a blast. It was really cool. Some of the waves were just demon dogs. Some of them were zombies, and the zombies get progressively harder. And um, I had a blast with it so much so that then he sent me the trailer for the new zombies uh, thing that's coming out on uh, Cold War, and they have like this giant demigorgon from Stranger Things. It, just, it looks so fucking cool that I added Cold War to my wish list so that I can buy it when it goes on sale just for zombies. It's dope. So that's what I propose our, our game night game is this week. I'm 100% down for that. Let's do it. Hell yeah, that's badass. Uh, speaking of game, I've played another couple of games. Uh, Destiny 2 Season of the Chosen is out. That is the new season for the next couple of months. Um, they added this new thing called Battlefields, which are kind of like kind of like strikes. They're like strike light in their three different scenarios, and you get a hammer and smash chests at the end. It's really cool. They have this brand new bow that... Uh, it's it's really interesting the way that it changes up the way that you play the game. You are you aim the bow without aiming down sights and it like tracks into other people and it hits them with an arrow and then you aim down sights, hit them with another arrow and it explodes anyone who has arrows in them, which is pretty cool. Um, so having fun with that. We also played Deep Stone Crypt again. Another week, another raid, another successfully satisfied boner. That, my friends, is the journey of Destiny 2. This is also, again, another fire team. Like, five of us had done it before, and one person was new. If we ever get an opportunity to have six people on the same raid, all who have done it before, I think we could knock these things out in like two or three hours. We significantly cut down our time. Last week, we did it with two new people who had not done it before, and we it took us six hours to get to the final boss of Deep Stone Crypt, and then about an hour-ish to beat the final boss. And then this time, we did it with one new person, and we cut that time down to three hours and one hour. And it was pretty, pretty good. Don't masturbate while playing Destiny. Are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? What else do you do? How do you play that game without masturbating? <laughs> um, it was wonderful. I'm enjoying it a lot. I'm liking the new mechanics. I'm liking the new... There's a new environment, the helm in the tower. It's a little dumb that the helm and the tower itself are not connected because they both have things you need to go visit all the time. But then you convinced me last week with Control to go out and try the new PS5 enhancements with the ray tracing and the haptics. 
And so I jumped back into that for just a little bit and it was, oh, Holden. Oh God, you're right. It is a game. To, <laughs> it's like, great. The, it's so gorgeous. The, the ray tracing is, is gorgeous. And I, I did the same thing you did. I would like walk into a new environment. I would switch between performance and graphics and I'd be like, man, that makes a difference. It really does. It really does. And the usually I pick performance. Oh. Mm-hmm. Usually I pick the performance sixty frames per second over the thirty frames four K. Usually I'm like I'd rather have the smooth yeah. gameplay. It just adds so much though the ray tracing. It literally looks different, like noticeably yeah. different. Gorgeous. Unfortunately, I've decided not to replay the game, but I'm pretty sure I will still load back up the PS4 version again finish those couple of trophies and then call it quits. Yeah, I considering do, how many times like, you've played that game now, time, I get that. Two months, yeah, if we could go back in time two months and I could say, don't do it! I would, I would totally not make <laughs> us play this game for Barf in February and instead do it for March. Yeah, looking back, I fucked up. I fucked up by putting control for yeah. February. That was, a, or yeah. for um, January, it was a mistake. Big mistake. Mistake! I made a huge mistake. <laughs> Stupid forgetful Michael. Uh, Holden, you've been alluding to this a lot. You've played Super Mario 3D World plus Bowser's Fury. Tell me all about it. Yes. Let me just t- do Animal Crossing really quick first because it's just going to take all right. just like a few seconds. Did Animal Crossing stuff. Um, I've decided I'm going to hold off on a big Phase 4 project right now because I'm really just loving my island the way it is. I just kind of want to keep it and just, like, live in it for a while. And then I'm sure over time I'll start to kind of think of where, where I would want to change it. I already have one idea that's kind of big, but, like, I'm like, you know what? Let's just live in this for a while. Um, so is that. Also, today was Valentine's Day. It and was. And apparently they added something for Valentine's Day in the game. So I was like, all right, let me check it out and see what happened. And anyone who watched my uh, island tour or has just listened to me talk about this game um, nonstop. Um, my like Animal Crossing wife, if you will, is Molly, the adorable little duck. And she sent me a bouquet of flowers in the mail for Valentine's Day. And I'm not going to lie. I was like, it was just so fucking adorable. So I put it in my bedroom and then um, Isabel sent me flowers, a bouquet of flowers. And I didn't know of another way to make a bouquet of flowers. It just was like an item. And I'm like, I only need one. Fuck Isabel. I'm going to re-gift this bouquet of flowers <gasps> to Molly because I want to give her a bouquet of flowers. Oh, so no. I went over and I did. And and she even was like, oh, thanks, Holden. Is this for Valentine's Day? And she's like, "My, I'm blushing so strong right now. It was the cutest thing ever. And then whenever you give an Animal Crossing villager a gift, they always have to give you something back. Mm-hmm. And she's like, thanks for this bouquet of flowers for Valentine's Day. Here's a, here's a raglan sweater. And I'm like, gee, thanks, Molly. <laughs> if you hadn't given me that bouquet earlier, I'd be like, shitty gift. But she's adorable. I love Molly. I just thought that was like a really sweet like example of... A really good example of how sweet Animal Crossing can be. I love that game. Okay, but Super Mario 3D World, Bowser's Fury. Um, I played an unbelievable amount of this game in the past, like, three days. For real? Okay, um, go on. I, for, for real, I have 100% in Bowser's Fury. I did absolutely everything Whoa. in the game. All of it. And then I did, there in Super Mario 3D World, there is the... Um, main like first eight worlds and then there's like a set of worlds afterwards that are extremely difficult I did all of the main levels to 100% completion every star 
every stamp. I like played the shit out of this game. I also got a chance to do some multiplayer with John Hansen, which was a total blast. That is a if it was a stabler connection, it would be a absolutely awesome online experience. It doesn't have the stablest connection. There was a story recently that Nintendo's going to upgrade their servers because apparently some of them are literally still running Windows 98, which doesn't surprise me whatsoever. Um, (laughs) So I'm looking forward to how that gets better over time because it is so much fun to play that game. You actually get ranked at the end of who got the most points, and then that person gets to wear a crown around, and you can steal the crown from each other as you're going through the levels. It is... It is a lot of fun. It's like a crazy good time playing that online. I uh, really, really loved that. And then just the style of Mario game itself. I don't want to speak too soon, but I really feel like this might be one of the more underrated Mario games. I kind of feel like it got forgotten, obviously, because it's on Wii U, but right. also people saying, well, it's just 3D land, but a little bit bigger in scale. So it's basically like a bigger scale handheld Mario game. But like, one of what, though? There's something great about that structure of 2D Mario games where you just have segmented levels as opposed to kind of more open-ended 3D Mario games like 64, Sunshine, um, Odyssey, um, that I just feel like this is a unique game and kind of has its own special place. And almost all the levels are just awesome and really great and just constantly offers new um, things. It has a good kind of, I think, rise in the difficulty as well it starts off pretty easy like any other mario game does and man some of the later levels are really really tough or like especially if you're going for everything there are some of these stamps that are hidden so well i couldn't i i i had to completely break my bounds of like where i thought things were explorable in a mario level to find some of these stamps um and it was just, I think they hid things really well. It, it was a really, really good time. I think it's a really solid Mario game. I'm in the back half now of the really, really difficult levels, and they are really, really, really fucking difficult. But a great time nonetheless. Bowser's Fury. Well, can I ask, can I ask before you Bowser's, get into this? Yeah. Now that you've beat Bowser's Fury 100%, and you've 100% of the first eight worlds in, in Mario 3D World, what percentage of the time do you have to to cat like do you do you have to cat 50% <laughs> of the game do you have to cat 80% of the game do you only have to cat a couple of times and then you can not cat ever again like how often do you have to cat so let me ask some clarifying questions to make sure I properly answer your extremely important inquiry on the number of cats yes. in Bowser's Fury are mm-hmm. you talking about Mario being a cat or just the presence of cats in general are I didn't know there are actual cats in the game? Like, you don't just dress up as cats? There are actual cats? There are actual cats, and there are some post-game shines that are specifically centered around cats. As a matter of fact, you know how you get, like, the stars and all that at the end, like, Mario Odyssey, you get the moons? They literally call them yeah. cat shines, so every single one you get is a cat face with, like, a sun design. There's cats everywhere. Okay, but are they just like meow, just like walking around the levels as you go? Like, do I have to look at them? <laughs> I don't want to. <laughs> I don't want to, but I really want to play this game. I'll say, um, I think it's worth it. I think it's absolutely worth it. Uh, there's a lot of cats everywhere, but it's worth it. Um, here's the thing about Mario being a cat. 
and this is kind of the first game mechanic about Bowser's Fury that I think works really, really well. Um, you know how, like, in some Mario games, and this is going to answer your question, in some Mario games, you can have an item held to the side, so if you, like, end up going down your smallest form, you can kind of call that item in. Yeah. In this, you can hold up to five of each type of item in the game. And, and you call know them whenever you holding want multiple to. items is why you love Mario Kart 8 Deluxe, so you must fucking go gaga over this. <laughs> <laughs> it works really, really well. What it also means is that you can have, like, um, so let's say you have Fire Flower and Cat Suit, right? And you have three of each. You get a new Cat Bell, and then you turn immediately into the Cat Bell. And then if you were Fire Mario before, your fire you just picked up goes down to the fire slot. So now you have four fire slots. You technically have four cat slots too, but one of them you're using. So you can kind of like, if it, when you get a new item, it just kind of carries over again. But let's say you're like, oh, I picked up that fire, but I want to go back to the cat again. You can just hold down to get the fire, and then you jump back to being fire again, and then the cat suit that you were currently um, living in will then be added to the queue of other cat suits, power-ups you have. Did I explain that well enough? Did that make sense? Kind of, yeah. It's like it. whenever you're done with a power-up, it goes back in rotation unless you lose it from being hurt or something like that, right? Exactly. Okay. Exactly, exactly, yeah. So if you like decide I want to be fire instead of cat, you're not going to lose that cat suit. It's just going to go in the rotation. Cool. Exactly. Um, so if you need to use the cat, which there's a few um, areas where you absolutely need to be the cat, you can be the cat, do it, and then just switch back to whatever power-up you want, okay. from like the boomerang to um, uh, to the firepower um, to Tanuki, um, or just the regular mushroom if you want to do that. Although I don't know what would happen if you were at one of those three-tier like um, firepower boomerang and you do a mushroom. I'm not sure what would happen there. I didn't test that. But... um. Yeah, so you don't have to be a cat that often. There's a handful of instances where you have to be, um, okay. but when you do fight Bowser, you have to be, or you have to start off as a cat. And it's Super Saiyan cat, though, right? It's fucking badass. Okay, okay. And Super Saiyan cat, I can kind of get behind because it's sick. Super Saiyan, but you're also gigantic and running around the actual world map that you've been exploring this whole time fighting Bowser, it's it's really epic and really fucking sick. Uh, that was a really, really cool moment. Um, but in terms of like this being a potential new type of Mario game where it's open-ended but still has that more linear level structure to it, yeah, I think the concept is awesome. And it is really fun to freely explore these different levels and all that. There are a few things that I think need to be figured out. Um, one of which is, because I guess the easiest way to describe it is, imagine if you get to World 1-1 in a Mario game, but rather than choosing to play level 1-1, all the levels are just around an open environment, and you can decide which ones you want to do in whatever order. Um, so it's like Breath of the but, Wild. Actually, yeah, it does kind of have like a Breath of the Wild, like freely explore, kind of do whatever you need to do. But obviously, the scale is not there. Right. Um, it's it's kind of an odd thing to explain because it's a very different take on a Mario game, even though it might not originally on its face seem like it is. But like, here's some of the issues it runs into. So let's say that the like, thing about Super Mario 64, right? And you go back to the same level over and over again, but it's a little bit different each time, right? There's 
an element of that in some of these levels. So you might go and do a level again, and you know in this area there are five cat shines to get. But right now I literally can't get one until the level resets itself. So I need to leave the area, go to the big cat bell in the middle, and then just walk back again. And it kind of makes it a little weird to be like, yeah. I was already there. Why do I have to like leave and then come back? Um, so like that's like one thing I think they would need to like work out. Like maybe when you get the shine, it automatically redoes the level. Um, but that might run into problems too, where then you're really close to the end goal for the next part of that like level. Like there's just some things that need to be figured out where I think it could absolutely work as a full size Mario game, but there are some kinks like that that you need to work out. About um, how long did it take you to? But complete? there's a lot of advantages. Uh, I don't know time frame wise because I kind of played a little bit of Bowser's Fury, then jumped into 3D World, so it was, it's kind of hard for me to gauge. But I think it is a substantial enough experience to be worthwhile to get on its own, even if it's a bit overpriced for sixty dollars. Like if you don't play 3D World at all, gotcha. um, if they sold it on its own, I think like a thirty dollar Mario game would be a good baseline for the value proposition, if you will. Um, but there are some really cool things they do with the open world structure that I really love. I talked about the huge boss, huge scale boss battles as one, even if the boss battle itself is a little repetitive because it's the same boss over and over again. But like, there's like one mission where you have to, you have like a mama cat and you have to bring her babies to her. But there are some that are like across the whole expanse and you can't go into water when you have a cat because then the cat disappears and goes back to where it was before. Yeah. So you have to kind of like think like, okay, like how do I get from point A to point B here? And that's just a blast. The other thing I think that it, it does really well is when you look at a game like Odyssey or Sunshine or 64, sometimes it's not so much platforming as much as it is exploring around a level. And when even like I enjoyed a game like Odyssey a lot, there are times where I'm like, I wish there was more pure platforming in this. And it strikes a really good balance of having the open-ended structure but still feeling like a pure platform game. So it just it, it hits this really unique note for Mario, I think, that's really effective. I really want to see them experiment with this more. It's it's a lot of fun. It's a little repetitive, but at the same time, every Mario game is kind of repetitive in the sense that like get three get three uh, get eight coins. This is the level where you get eight coins. Like there's a lot of stuff like that that's repeated in Mario. So it does some of that stuff, but I, I, I feel like this is fully an experience I would like to see again on a bigger scale and see what they could do with it in, in different contexts. So I loved it. I thought it was great. You've convinced me. I will brave the cats. And John Hansen and I are also going to be doing a, um, a big spoiler chat about it. Oh, nice. Sweet. But if you're going to be doing this soon, we can wait for you as well. I probably won't be 100 percent on it soon. You know, because Destiny's okay. here. And I have to play Majora's Mask. Yeah, absolutely. And you got to play more Animal Crossing. Yep. Speaking of Majora's Mask, play it, everyone. <laughs> play it. We uh, That's our backlog accomplishment with Respawn and Friends game for the month of February. So find a way to play that game, whether it's on an N64, a 3DS, uh, your mom's refrigerator. Play it, however it is. Uh, we're going to be having our discussion about it probably the first week of March. February is a short month. Holden's going to be doing some relocation kind of at the end of the month as well. So we want to we want to give us some time to breathe. So that's coming up. But we also have news to talk about. So much news to talk about. And we're already an hour into our podcast. Jumping into our quest log, starting with Microsoft. We have just one story, and that is that Microsoft's Edge Extension Store has repeatedly been hosting illegal copies of Nintendo games, says Leon Doolin at Nintendo Life. 
Now, for anyone who's unfamiliar, Edge is not just a sexual um, practice. It is also Microsoft's Internet Explorer replacement. So Microsoft Edge, the new browser from Microsoft, uh, has extensions, something like Google Chrome extensions or Safari extensions. And one of them lets you play illegal games like Sonic the Hedgehog, Pac-Man, Tetris, Minecraft, Mario Kart 64 for free in your browser. And, you know, like Google Chrome extensions and Safari and stuff like that, it's not necessarily that Microsoft made this. It's just an extension that's available. Uh, so none of them were officially put there by Nintendo or Microsoft. But what's interesting is that Microsoft did promote it. The Microsoft Edge developer Twitter account actually linked to it and promoted it and said, did you know you can play classic games in your browser with this extension? Um, honestly, it was that was probably just like some intern or some new person who didn't realize the illegality of it on Twitter saying, <laughs> why don't more people know they can play Mario Kart and Minecraft in their browser? Um, so what an interesting little twist of events that, that they've somehow stumbled into. I don't think there's going to be any kind of like legal ramification other than like a cease and desist, like stop with this extension and probably remove it from the store. But uh, that's weird. It's weird. It, the weird thing to me is that I can see how accidentally it would happen, but it's weird that whoever was running the official uh, Twitter account for Microsoft Edge dev was just like, by the way, everyone, like it, I feel like it should have like immediately hit the spidey senses of like this doesn't seem like it's legal right. or right or a, like I don't know. I, it's I like find someone it really from Google that happened tweeting out from Google's account from the Google Play account saying, "Look at all these emulators you can play all these Pokemon games on on your phone." <laughs> it's like, <laughs> no, probably don't advertise that. We know it's not an officially licensed yeah. thing from you, but probably don't advertise the illegal stuff on your platform. Yeah, yeah. Um, also, the funny one for me too is. Um, is Minecraft, because I feel like Microsoft could officially release that if they wanted to. Why not? Yeah. I have a browser-based version of Minecraft to sell. So maybe that'll come back? Was there interest? I don't know. Who knows? Fun little story there. Moving on to our Sony Quest log. This one is all about The Last of Us HBO. There was a, a flurry of casting rumors and, and confirmations over the week. The first of which is that The Last of Us TV series cast Game of Thrones star Ellie, says Liana Rupert at Game Informer. Um, for those unfamiliar, yes, HBO is making a Last of Us series. Yes, Neil Druckmann is on board. Yes, Craig Mazin, the showrunner for Chernobyl, is on board to write it as well. Um, so it's going to be a really, really great series, hopefully. They have cast Bella Ramsey, who played... I, I don't remember the character's name. Oh, Bella Ramsey is the character. Leanna Mormont. Bella Ramsey. Oh, no, wait. Leanna, you're right. Sorry. Bella, Bella Ramsey, Ramsey is, does sound like a Game of Thrones. It does sound like a, yeah, Ramsey was one of the Ramsey families. Yeah. Yeah. Bella Ramsey is the yeah. person who is playing Ellie. She played, she played Leanna Mormont on Game of Thrones, the like really badass like 12-year-old girl who runs whatever town that was. Um, I know that I'm really excited for it, and I know that you have your reservations about it. Um, I will say that my excitement comes from just blind trust. I trust HBO, I trust Neil, Druck Neil Druckmann, and I trust the work that Craig Mazin's done, and I haven't seen anything from Bella that disappointed me. Um, so that's my just blind trust. I'm really excited. She looks the part, which is cool for me, uh, especially knowing that Ellie was supposed to be 12 or 13 in the first game too. So 
Yeah, I'm very excited. Yeah, yeah. But you have some reservations, Holden. Why are you less excited? Yeah, I mean, I wouldn't say I'm unexcited. I don't think it's like a fucking terrible pick. How could HBO do this? <laughs> like, I'm not like upset or like anything like that. Um, I just feel like a lot of it is Ellie's a really important character to me. I think she's probably, in my opinion, the best character in gaming. Just in terms of being a real person. Just, just being a real person, because that's yeah. kind of huge in video games. And so I just feel like anyone who got picked, I'd just be like, oh, no, but they're not 100% perfect. Um, <laughs> so, like, that's a large part of my reservations on it. But I think that, like, with Ellie, what it is is that she is incredibly tough, but it's not because she's this unloving, like, hollow person. It's that she just has a really tough life and needs to – it needs to be proven to her that people are trustworthy because she's seen so much. But once once Ellie does get to know someone like Joel um, or all the characters we met in uh, Last of Us Part 2 at their kind of uh, little town, where was it, in Tennessee or something like that, um, All like she cares and loves those people because she's built that trust with them. And then she's warm and sweet and funny, and, and she, there's just so many angles to her. And no, from Game of Thrones, playing Leanna Mormont, she's absolutely got the kind of tough, but like snarky toughness, like down. And mm-hmm. I think that she can totally nail it. My reservation was the other kind of side of like, how is she going to play this kind of, how is she going to play the other side, but also blend the two together? And like, that's a really tough challenge. Um, but then Jerrica, um, in a group chat with uh, Yumi and Dane, as well as Jerrica, obviously, um, <laughs> sent a video of her playing the guitar. And then it, it kind of, I had that connection where I'm like, <gasps> I totally okay. forgot to watch that video. It's, it's not that she's like this amazing guitar player, has like an amazing voice or something. It's that she put herself out there and there was this like sweetness to that moment of just seeing her play guitar and, and seeing her do something she loved. And I'm like, Without getting into spoilers, the guitar is really important in Last of Us Part Two, and that has to be figured out. And I'm like, that that I can really see this working now. I still have my reservations to just naturally from being skeptical of anyone playing my favorite character in gaming. So it's gonna be tough, but I'm more comfortable than I was initially. I think I had a strong like initial reaction to it, but I think I'm more comfortable now. Got it. I can't wait. The I'm gonna go back and watch though. that. When that whole thing erupted, we were playing Destiny 2, surprise, and that text message thread just got, like, so long, and, like, five minutes, I was like, fuck, I'll never catch up, so I just marked it as red and moved on. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So I'm excited about that. We then, at the same time, there were rumors going around that Mahershala Ali was going to be playing Joel. Uh, so he's played uh, a ton of things. He's going to be the new Blade in the MCU as well. Um, I was excited about that. I thought that was a good choice. However, a couple hours later, confirmation came on a choice that I think is even better, and it's Pedro Pascal to star as Joel in the Last of Us HBO series based on video game. It says Nelly and Driva from Deadline. Um, this is this is exciting for anyone who's not familiar with Pedro Pascal. He's most known for his role in the pilot of Wonder Woman, the TV series in 2011. He also played the <laughs> villain in Wonder Woman 84, an excellent, excellent, wonderful movie that came out this Christmas. Just kidding, it was awful. He was he was he was fine in it. Um, actually, he was he was pretty great in it. The movie he itself was written terrible. The terribly. best to work with, exactly. But he's also the Mandalorian. 
and you know he does a lot despite being monotone in the movie, in the show like he does a lot with with what he can do being in the suit the whole time but uh no pedro pascal is i think an excellent choice for this people are like oh man but he doesn't quite look like joel he could look like joel should he grow a beard blah blah, blah. and i'm kind of in the, the mindset that like I, I don't need him to look exactly like joel did in the game i know i just said bella ramsey kind of looks like ellie that's good but like it's not important to me that they look exactly like the characters. I think Pedro Pascal is going to be an excellent choice, though. Yeah. It's about acting, not looks. Like, that's... Can they exude the emotions necessary? Like, and I... Absolutely, Pedro Pascal can do that. Also, if they Baby aren't going to put the white man trust... beard on Mahershala Ali, like, that was a great choice, even though he like, is a completely different race than Joel. It was still going to be a great choice. Um... Great. I'm very excited about it. We still don't have any kind of idea of like release date or anything like that, but it looks like it's ramping up. Like they've, yeah, take your time. Make it, make it wonderful. Please make it wonderful. Yeah. I also hope that let's, we're an assumption here, but let's say Last of Us Part mm. 3 is real. I hope that they would be willing to take a break to let the game come out first. I would be really upset mm. if I found out the story of the third, the hypothetical third game for this conversation um the story got revealed in a tv show i don't want them to game of thrones it i want neil Druckmann to make the story for the game first and if that means they wait we're fine with that I think yeah um mm-hmm. it, it, zero so spoilers on the end of the game i i know that we differ as to whether there's there's going to be a, a part three or whether it's even possible to have a part three um, but I agree with you. I do not want to do the Game of Thrones, George Railroad Martin thing where we're waiting forever for the game. And Oh, but then the TV show takes a little bit different twist, and so it's going to be new for everyone. I don't, I don't want that. I want to experience that myself. Yeah. Let's move on to our Nintendo Quest log. Again, kind of a shorter one. One particular um, news story here. And this is an interesting one for Nintendo, although not interesting given its history. Nintendo now offers free one-on-one consultations to tell you what games to play next, said Jordan Alleman at IGN. So Nintendo's launching this new service. And this service kind of reminds me of, like, something you might get from the Apple Store. The Apple Store has, like, these workshops where you can go and learn, like, iPhone basics, or you can learn about, like, how to draw on your iPad or things like that. And Nintendo's now doing these one-on-one video calls with people where you can learn Nintendo Switch one-on-one, 101. Like, what's the basics of it? Uh, they have a games getting started. They have a games, what to play next. You can talk with someone, tell them your interests, tell them what kind of games you've played in the past, what you like to do, and they can recommend games to you. They have ones about security and privacy, your Nintendo account. You can, uh, all about customization. And it's, it's a really weird thing I think just because it's so uncommon in even just the tech world, like literally in, in the tech industry, I can't think of another company other than Apple that has like live, you talk to a person support, like getting, there's no Android support. There's no Google support. There's no Samsung store. You could at best chat with like a best buy third party employee about the geek squad, like to to do that. But to have something from Nintendo and not only be like chat or like email, but like literally video chat, you're getting on with someone and they're just, it's not warranty. It's not like, hey, I need support for this thing. It's just like, what do you want to know? I would love to, to clue you in on what games are out there. Oh, you want to learn about parental controls and privacy and whether this game's appropriate for your kid? Yeah, I would love to. That's a really cool customer first thinking uh, feature coming out of Nintendo that I did not expect. It's just it's free. 
don't have to pay for these sessions. You just right. schedule it up and talk to someone. I mean, I'm not sure like what the time frame is. They're like, hey, we got a strict 15 minutes. But like even then, like it's just cool they even offer this to begin with. It's kind of a cool kind of return to form, actually. Um, back in the earlier years of Nintendo in terms of gaming, because um, they've been around obviously like, a long, long, long time. Yep. You could call them up and get in uh, like, basically have an over the phone guide. That's the phone number. <laughs> <laughs> yep. So if you're stuck in a game or something like that, you could just call them up and there'd be like a Nintendo expert answering your calls. That was more like a game help. This is a little bit more like buying help or kind of being uh, informing your customers of what you have to offer yeah. or what Nintendo has to offer. Um, but it's yeah, it's really really cool to see it. I'm curious to see how much it gets used. I think it also shows a confidence in where they are now because the Switch is doing so well that they can afford to do this kind of thing. I think during the Wii U era, this would have been not something they could have done. Um, yeah. So it just kind of shows I think Nintendo's level of success, which we've talked about recently as well. I also think that it's really there are so many resources out there, but it's also like kind of confusing to navigate the world as a parent figuring out what your kids should be playing. What, what should I get them for their birthday? What should I get them next? Is this game safe for them to play? And, you know, there are, like, podcasts out there, like Engaged Family Gaming, that that dives deep into these things. But for the regular average parent that maybe, like, for instance, my sister. My sister, her kid, Mason, is, he's six now. And uh, my mom asked me on her behalf, she's like, what do you know about Fortnite? Is Fortnite appropriate for them to play? And I was like, well, you know, based on the thing, like he's already playing Among Us and like that has some pretty graphic deaths in it. I mean, this has guns in it, but it's also cartoony. To have like a dedicated thing from a representative at this company be like, hey, should I be, can I, can Fortnite be played by children? Like, well, let's talk about some things. What are they like already? What do you let them play? No, maybe not Fortnite, but here's some other things. Like that's, that's cool to see that coming from the developer of the hardware itself. This could also be helpful to indies as well. Oh, you like Zelda games. Well, here are some kind of Zelda-like games that are, are on the indie scene that are a little bit cheaper, and maybe you should try these ones out, you know, too. Like, that could actually really help indie developers. Because uh, I feel like these Nintendo reps are probably going to be, based on the kind of people who Nintendo would normally hire, I'd imagine, considering how competitive it must be to get hired at Nintendo, that they get people who actually really love games and play games and are knowledgeable on, on the field in the field. So I feel like that could be helpful to indies where it's like, hey, you might have never heard of this game, so maybe you should play, you know, Undertale or something like that. Or like, yeah, try Hollow Knight. Like, games that, oh, that's probably not the best example because people will know about those, but I don't know if, you know, curious parent number one is necessarily going to know about those um, those those indie experiences that are available, so that's cool for them too. I'm a little curious about. I'm sure I'm sure they're gonna be fine, but I'm curious about like bias since this is Nintendo itself, and like, oh, what should I buy? What game should I play next? And like, well, let's push <laughs> Nintendo games. Like, is this? Let's. Oh, there's a game coming out. Can I get a pre-order for Super Mario 3D World plus Bowser's Fury? Oh yeah. Are they gonna recommend things like Oceanhorn? That's like clearly a Zelda ripoff or are they going to say oh no you should buy Zelda instead like that's I'm, I'm curious how impartial they're going to be or whether they're going to have some kind of stipulation on like recommend Nintendo games 90% of the time and then third party games other like I don't know but all around yeah, I think it's cool a hard thing we've we've both worked in retail before um, and I don't really like it. I don't want to get too specific about it, but like, I don't remember there being a lot of times where 
I remember there being a lot of times where we would be like, hey, maybe you should try this other thing. It's technically something we don't sell, but I'm trying to do the best yeah. thing for the consumer. So there's this. And I feel like Nintendo could afford to do that, especially when no matter what game they're recommending, Nintendo's going to make money off of it because you're going to get the 30% cut no matter what. But you're right. They're going to get a bigger cut of Super Mario 3D World. And hey, that's a hot game right now. Make sure if someone mentions a platformer, you mention that game before any other one because we want to sell a lot of copies for it. I'm sure there's going to be like memos and emails sent out about that kind of stuff of like, hey, a reminder, everyone, 3D World just came out and we want to, you know, hopefully sell not some game like right GameStop now. level discussing this. Like, if you don't get 17 pre orders for this game today, your job is at risk. <laughs> It also could be hard for Nintendo to measure that, so I don't know. We'll have to yeah. see there, but that's cool. That's cool, fan. In fact, I think I might. I might. This is available. So you have to be 18 years old, and you have to have a Nintendo Switch in order to do this. I might try this out just to say, "Hey, what should I play next?" and see what recommendations they have, because it's been a long time since I played something new on my Switch. Mm-hmm. All right. Third-party quest log. We've got a few stories, the first of which is that WB Games' Nemesis system patent was approved this week after multiple attempts, says Joe Ryan at IGN. Uh, This was the Nemesis system from Shadow of Mordor. Or was it Shadow of War? Was it in the first? It was the second game, right? I can't remember. One of the Shadow games. Was it both of them? Okay. Shadow of Mordor... Um, but like the 360 version, or the yeah, the 360 version didn't have it or something. Yeah, like that. but then the like Xbox One the did. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, exactly. uh, so this is the Nemesis system where enemies will remember you if you cut their arm off, then they might return later with like uh, a, an amputated arm or something like that. They might move up the ranks and hold a vendetta or a grudge against you. Uh, it's a really cool system that we have. Like honestly, very few games have come anywhere close to even emulating it, which was really surprising because I think everyone in the gaming industry just assumed seven or eight years ago when this first came out that, oh man, this is going to be the next base, the next big thing. Everyone's going to have a nemes- have a Nemesis system. But um, so they actually did get it approved. Their patent was approved. It covers the Nemesis characters, which is this hierarchy that remembers the player's actions and adopts their behavior. Uh, sorry, adapts their behavior to alter their appearance. Um, social conquest is something that it also covers, which is building or defending your own fort and attacking other forts with the results feeding back into the Nemesis system. So it's like it has some really specific things that it covers as part of that Nemesis system, but it doesn't mean that competing companies can't make their own version of this thing. Um, for instance, like Assassin's Creed Odyssey and Watch Dogs Legion have similar things now from Ubisoft. But if someone wants that exact system from WB Games, like they want to use the Nemesis system and just reskin it for their game, uh, they can officially license that out now um, since it's got a patent on it now, which is dope. Are there any like games you can think of now that are out that you're like, man, I wish that game had a Nemesis system? Like It would be X percent better if it had a Nemesis system. I think in a hypothetical, I, I can't think of the current game off the top of my head right now, but the first thing that comes to mind is a hypothetical open world Star Wars game, I think, could do a lot with that, where like there's different Ooh, generals yeah. of the Empire and that kind of stuff. I think that could be kind of cool. Um, Especially because everyone gets their arms cut off in that universe, so like that could be a really great thing for it to remember. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. It's just like all the enemies you meet after a certain period of time just have like one or both arms missing because you cut them <laughs> off. <laughs> Yep. Um, yeah, this is this is a weird story to me because it, it's nice that there can still be other games that make their own similar system as long as it's different enough. But it is kind of weird to like patent a game mechanic like this. 
Because it doesn't, it's not, I can't imagine like a movie studio patenting a certain filmmaking technique or something like that. But it's, it, this is a little bit different than There's that. There's no precedent like, for this. It's, it's, it's a little bit like, think of like a smartphone feature. Like it is literally, it's AI, it is, it's code that like all works in a really symbiotic way and it's. It's just like you would patent a, a new messaging feature or a new something like that, but it's like in a game. Like it, it makes sense for the industry, for the technology industry, but it, I can't think of any other situations in the gaming industry, or at least that are like majorly public, where this is something that's like they patented a, a specific type of AI or thing like that. Although all of these game yeah, engines kind of right. manage these things differently too. So maybe it's just something that we've never had to worry about because all of these engines are made in-house so they don't have to worry about patenting it and no one's going to use their engine without licensing the engine itself. Yeah, yeah. The smartphone comparison is definitely a better comparison for, for sure. I th I think I'm still uncomfortable with that because, like, take an example of uh, one of the things Apple sued um, or has a patent on that I'm like, okay, that's fine because it's very specific to iPhone. It's like the rubber banding. When you get to the bottom mm -hmm. of the screen, you can kind of keep pulling up and it snaps back in place again. Like, Apple has a patent on that. I think I'm okay with that because that's, like, a tangible, unique Apple thing that's not necessarily a usability thing. Whereas if Apple had patented Memoji and said no one else can have face like scanning cartoons that you can message back and forth. Like maybe that's not the most important feature, but I think that's one of those things that here's actually a better example. Um, um, notification drop down. You can pull down to see your notifications. Yeah. Like if a single company patented that, that'd be crazy. It'd be like patenting the steering wheel in a car. Like there's some things you should just come to a phone and understand this is how the phone works. Every smartphone has pull down to see your notifications because it's very intuitive. It makes sense, but you can kind of play around with like Android's version is a little bit different than, than Apple's version. Um, so I think like depending on the scale of like what's being patented. I think that's kind of where my comfort level is. And if it's like a direct point of interaction and usability, I think that's where it's like a useful function. I think that could be weird. Um, in a game, if it was like we're going to patent certain characters or something like that, like totally get that as intellectual property. I don't know if a game system is necessarily in that same category for me. So like thinking about like the weather system in Breath of the Wild, I think their weather system is awesome. I, I know this is controversial, but, like, I really like the weapon degradation system they have. I think it's a really good way to make an open-world game fully explorable while still having that um, ability to um, scale up difficulty over time and change the enemies out by... The, it's all kind of tied to that weapon degradation system. Um, and I feel like I would like to see that show up in other games, but the future of gaming could be held back by one company too much of a hold on it and like i know here they're saying okay like in this case assassin's creed odyssey and watchdog legions have a similar ish nemesis even it's not exactly the same thing does this prevent developers from wanting to explore in that realm because they're worried that wb is going to sue them and they're a smaller studio so they don't have necessarily the, the the money to fight that lawsuit like how does that impact um i can see the arguments from both sides because i think you're like right like you should be able to patent something for a smartphone because it's your product. You made it. You have the right to do it. Um, but it, it's a weird for me. It's a weird gray area. Yeah, I don't. I don't remember how unique the Breath of the Wild degradation system of the the weapons were. But for for me, like that's that's an example of a, a just a general like gameplay mechanic. 
like weapon degradations and everything. So like you're yeah, if, if they were to patent that, I don't know if there's anything unique about it. But like, but also like enemies dying and returning is like a gameplay mechanic. But the way that they do it with the Nemesis system is so unique that I think that them patenting that part of it. I don't, I don't know. I don't know how to how to clearly define it, but it's a weird situation. It's really weird. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, speaking of other weird things, uh, Terraria on Stadia canceled <laughs> after developers logged out of Google accounts. Says Jordan Ullman at IGN. Uh, the developer for Stadia, uh, oh, sorry, the developer for Terraria, the co-creator Andrew Spinks, seemingly for no reason was completely locked out of and lost his Gmail account, his Drive, his Google Play with all of his apps, his YouTube account, all of it just gone, no access to it, and no response from Google. Again, there you go, try contacting Google support. Uh, and then after not being able to get any of it back, he's just like, fine, you know what? If this is how I'm being treated, I'm not going to put my thing on your platform. So he tweeted out, I absolutely have not done anything to violate your terms of service, so I can take this no other way than you deciding to burn this bridge. Consider it burned. Terraria for Google Stadia is canceled. My company will no longer support any of your platforms moving forward. Um, for reference to, like, the Terraria is also on the Android store, the Google Play store, but it's not going to get any new updates. They're not going to update it on there either. Um, fucking weird. I mean, Terraria, yeah, God bless good. you, Brent. Terraria is not a huge game, but it's just like one more example of Google Stadia losing something that people were excited for. Because it was confirmed, it was rated, like, it was, it, from what I understand, it was basically ready to go. But like, no, we're not going to do it just because you decided to fuck me over on my personal accounts. Was, I'm all for it. And I'm this all is, uh, going back to what you were saying about some companies not offering customer service, this is a great example because Google is really fucking shitty about their customer service literally don't have options why because they're not their customer <laughs> businesses yep. are their customers that they facilitate ads to and it just puts you in situations like this um oh god this is why i don't like google <laughs> because <laughs> they put on this really big happy smiling face but they don't give a shit about you they don't care at all and it actually hurt them in this case too like what a stupid fucking policy um it's just really dumb it so here's Here's like kind of weird I came across with Google recently is um, I had done I I had done a uh, a video back in like 2016 right after the election I just kind of shared kind of just open, it was a big election Donald Trump winning and all that and not getting the politics of it but like I put a video out there just kind of speaking my mind of like what I uh, where I was at that time and I went back and rewatched it a little while ago and there's nothing about it that like. I'm upset with or I wouldn't like I've changed my mind in some ways since then, but there's nothing in there where I'm like, oh my God, if anyone saw like yikes or anything yeah. like that, like it, it's not like it's bad or anything, but what upset me was that I had deleted the Gmail account associated with that YouTube account, yet the video still remained on the platform. And I'm like, it's not that I don't want the video out there. It's that I have no control over that video anymore. So I really would just like to get rid of it. So, and all these videos associated with that account, because like the whole point of the account was like my Gmail would be gone, all this stuff is gone. This is when I had my big like Google Exodus, is when I deleted that account. And I emailed them back in July of last year about this. And they didn't get back to me until last week. And all they said was, 
cool, please provide a photo ID so we know it's you. I did. I had responded within 30 minutes, and I still haven't heard back from them. And I'm probably, I'm assuming, going to have to wait six months before I hear back from them again because they have really fucking shitty customer service. And, like, I'm not antsy about, like, the video being out there or anything. Google my name in politics. You'll find it. I don't care. Like, watch it. Like, whatever. Um, But it's just, like, I should have the ability to just get rid of it. Like, but they don't offer good customer service options, so they don't care. And the fact that in this case, go back to the story, it impacted someone making a game for their platform, and they still had no recourse to challenge this or fight back on this, just shows the level of absurdity of Google's customer service, their business model, and how... How a model like yeah, I mean I already kind of set up a business model, but how a model like this just doesn't work. Yeah, and it's you just, you even have I to assume like he's publishing on their platform. He's got to have a relationship with someone at the company who yeah. should be able to like theoretically connect him to somebody. Like, hey, reaching out to Joe over here at Google Stadia. Hey, listen, I'm having this trouble with my Google account, and it also impacts you know my Stadia stuff. Like, do you? in my Google Play Store, like, do you have anyone you could forward like get me in touch with that can help me figure this out? Like somebody. He's got to be able to talk to somebody, but woof. Yeah, it's just... uh, Dallas is Googling your video now, holding the Pardo in politics. <laughs> <laughs> it was about, like, the whole canceled. <laughs> it was just about the whole, like, hashtag not my president. And I was kind of just talking about my thoughts about about that and all that stuff. Like, I, I'm fine if anyone wants to watch it. I just... If I don't own the video anymore, like, please get rid of that. Like, the whole, why did I delete the account and got rid of everything Google-related if you're still going to have my content, like, there? Like, it was just really strange. Especially after, like, you would think that that's all tied together and, and, like, really managed well after, you know, GDPR and the right to be forgotten and all that kind of stuff. Like, if you delete account, you got to make sure that everything associated with that account is gone, like, legally. Yeah. So, like, why not? take that extra step to realize that Gmail accounts also so too with the YouTube account. So like, how does that exist otherwise? Shitty Google customer service. Um, yep. a weird transition here to Cyberpunk 2077 in uh, something that's not bad about the game, but just like a, a strange thing has happened. Cyberpunk 2077 and Witcher 3's source code apparently sold at hacker auction, says Alex Calvin at PC Games Insider. Uh, so earlier last week, actually, CDPR, CD Projekt Red, the developer of Cyberpunk, uh, tweeted out that they had been the victim of a ransomware attack. And so they, they apparently had their source code for Cyberpunk, The Witcher 3, and an unreleased version of Witcher 3 that had ray tracing in it, as well as Gwent, the card game from it. All the source code was taken. And they said, we are not going to give in the ransom. It doesn't look like any customer data was was out there. They tweeted a couple extra times throughout the week saying, hey, we're pretty sure ex-employees, none of your personal information is in there, but you should probably change your passwords and stuff just in case. Uh, and then the hackers, since they didn't give it in the man, put the information up for auction. And they asked for, they started the bid at $1 million, and they asked for a buy it now price of $7 million if someone just wanted to skip the bid. And it looks like somebody, an anonymous person, has bought the source code under the assumption that the hackers would not uh, put the, they would never again put it up for for sale or auction. Um, 
obviously it's anonymous. We don't know who did it, who bought it, who bought the source code. It could be like some savior, some guardian angel who's just there for CDPR. It could be someone from CDPR themselves just like trying not to publicly give them their ransom, uh, but wants to behind the scenes kind of uh, pay the ransom. It could just be someone who's trying to attack them. Who knows? I don't think we'll ever find out. But what a what a weird little situation they got themselves into. Yeah. Um, first of all, just fuck anyone who is going to hack into a company like this to steal their source code and release of a ransom. Like that's a, I don't care what CD Projekt Red has done in terms of like their internal workings as a company. That's a yeah. really shitty thing to do. Never gonna condone that. Um, I'm really curious who bought it though. Yeah. Because I don't think it. It was CD Project Red because they would have just paid off the ransom to begin with. Like, why would they say, no, 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 put the auction up so that we might have the potential to be outbid in that auction? Like, I don't know. I don't think that would happen. Um, but then who would buy it and then say, oh, and don't sell this out to anyone else? I just, I, I can't imagine it would be another company because if they got caught, if another company got caught buying this. Right. It would look really bad. So I'm just like, who bought this? Like, who would spend a million dollars or more? On, on source code for three games, I just don't understand like why you would want to do that. My guess is that it's someone who's just CDPR, like sympathetic towards CDPR, and there's some tech company giants like you know what, y'all don't deserve this. I'm gonna buy this for you. Make sure no one ever gets their hands on it again. Like, that's my guess. Yeah. Uh, interestingly enough, it's like the hacker did not target them specifically because of anything going on at the company. It's. Uh, from what it looks like, it's a comp or a hacking group called Hello Kitty that just targets a bunch of people. So CD Pressure had happened to be the attack. Um, whew, moving on to fetch quests, y'all. I referenced yogurt earlier. It's time to find out all about Jamie Lee Curtis's tract. She's got uh, Jamie Lee Curtis cast an upcoming Borderlands movie. We've got a couple of of casting here. It says Blake Hester at IGN. This movie. The Borderlands movie, which is, again, like, production is ramping up. Script is written by Craig Mazin of Chernobyl. It's directed by Eli Roth from the Hostel series. Um, Kevin Hart is playing Roland. Kate Blanchett is playing uh, the Firehawk, Lilith. And now it looks like Jamie Lee Curtis is playing Tannis, which I actually think is a really... Tannis, if you're unfamiliar in Borderlands, is, like, this this crazy researcher who's who is, like, mentally unhinged and talking to herself all the time. I think Jamie Lee Curtis could be a really good cast for that. Um, mm -hmm. And then in addition, we also got Claptrap casting as Jack Black in the Borderlands movie, says cast Marshall at Polygon as well, which I also think is a is a pretty good role. Like, I think that's a pretty good casting for Claptrap. I don't know if it's the best that I could possibly think of, but I'm like, I think Jack Black could do a good could do good with that role. I know you um, don't really love Borderlands at all and don't care, but what do you think? Mm -hmm. um, yeah, I don't really have an opinion on it. I mean, other than the fact that, wow, they got some great people involved in this. They must have seen the script and enjoyed yeah. what they read. So that's, that's probably a good sign for the movie, if anything. Um, at the same time, I'm curious your thoughts on picking Jack Black versus keeping the original voice actor. Because as a voice actor, he's not actually going to be present on set in the same way you may have like a robot to represent him or something but what are your well, kind of thoughts on that there was the uh, it's a different voice actor in borderlands 3 but there was the whole like lawsuit about the voice actor from borderlands 1 and 2 where it was actually just someone who worked at gearbox it wasn't even an actor but you know at gearbox you have the opportunity to go and if you want to be part of the game you can record your voice you're not going to get paid extra to do it 
And so he, he, I assume, has cut ties with it all entirely over, over that, which is why they cast a new voice actor in Borderlands 3. Um, but I don't know. I feel like, yes, that would make a more authentic claptrap, but Jack Black draws in the audience. Like, when people see Jack Black is associated with this, he's a name. People are like, oh, man, I really loved him in Nacho Libre or whatever the fuck else he was in, The Pick of Destiny. Like, they like Jack Black. They're School gonna come of Rock. I mentioned School of Rock. School of Rock. That's, I was trying to think of what is the name of the School of Rock. Um, Claptrap's a great character. I think he's going to put a cool spin on it. But, yeah, you want the name, which is what the rest of this casting all kind of lends, lends to is, like, they are getting a great cast full of really big names. Like, Kevin Hart – you know how expensive Kevin Hart's got to be, especially after like Jumanji and shit like that. Like, they're getting a good cast. I'm pumped. Also, it's hilarious to me Kevin Hart playing Roland because Roland is like the grounded badass soldier character in the Borderlands universe, and he's like super huge and muscular. And Kevin Hart is this tiniest person <laughs> who is just like a wimp. And I, I'm very excited to see what they do with that character. Uh, moving on to another Fetch Quest report. Anthem Next's future depends on EA's upcoming internal reviews, says Matt TM Kim at IGN. Um, Anthem Next is like the reworking of Anthem. It's like Anthem 2.0 that they're looking at releasing. They have apparently a small team of like 30 people working on it, but it might not ever see the light of day. Um, so this was late last week. EA's executives were looking at whether they're just going to kill Anthem entirely or whether they're going to continue to devote resources to it. I'm sure we'll find out sometime very soon. I think it's done. I can't imagine that there's a play. Like I didn't look up specific numbers, but I cannot imagine that there's anyone playing this game right now. Yeah, I, I think I agree. I can't imagine those people playing it right now. And where's their money better spent? Investing in, quite frankly, a, a joke or putting that into the next Mass Effect game and making sure that's a really serious comeback for Bioware. It's yeah. much better money spent in terms of looking at it from like a, how an executive, I think, would probably look at, look at it. So I think it's done. Yep. Speaking of money well spent, GTA 5 sales have crossed a staggering 140 million, says Zermanicon at PlayStation Lifestyle. Uh, for context, GTA 5 sold more copies in 2020 than any previous year, so it's only increasing in demand. Not necessarily profit, that's copies of the game, so it's been on sale a lot. Red Dead Redemption 2, uh, in comparison, has sold 36 million copies. Uh, and th there was an investor call that asked Rockstar if older gta games could see remasters like uh some of the some of the backlog and the ceo strauss zelnick said it was a great question and wanted to quote leave it more as a statement than a question i can uh, how many copies because this is 140 million so far it's coming to next gen it's coming to ps5 this year as another release yeah. where does it end how yeah it's, it's crazy it's insane. This has to. What, I is, the most, what is the best-selling game of all time? Is it like Tetris or something like that? Or I feel like it's something. I think it's GTA Five. Is it? That's insane. I still think. I think it's still GTA Five. I mean, if you were to combine Tetris and all the variations of it, I'm sure yeah. it would have sold more. Um, but I, let's look it up. Best-selling games all time. Boom. Show it to me, Duck, Duck, Go. Show me it. Because fuck Google. <laughs> um, there is only one game that has sold more copies than Grand Theft Auto V, and it makes sense. Tetris is number three. Yeah. 
So you were very close there. Um, wow, this is a really surprising list, actually. Minecraft. Minecraft is number one. Hey, okay. That makes, makes sense. sense. Yeah. Tetris number three. I got to get to number five here because this is really going to surprise you. I am floored by this. Wii Sports is number four. Makes sense. It's bundled with, with most iterations of the, of the Wii. Yeah. Um, take a wild guess number five is. I never would have guessed this. Never? Oh, shit. Um, it's a recent game. We've talked about it on the podcast many times. It's not, like, out of the realm of, like, games we would know about, but it's yeah. just n- not one that I ever would have thought is up there. Overwatch? It's a shooter. Two more guesses. I'm going to give you two more guesses. Oh, my God. Um, Destiny 2? It's a shooter. I'll give you that. It's a shooter. No, not Destiny 2. Um, not Destiny 2. I didn't mean, like, not Destiny 2, but Destiny <laughs> no. I didn't mean, didn't mean to say it like that. Oh, fuck. Um, Think different genre of shooter. A different style of shooter. Hotline Miami. <laughs> <laughs> Nailed it. Hotline Miami sold 70 million copies. 70 million. <laughs> Fuck, what is it? PUBG. Oh, I, I always forget that game is a paid game. Yeah. Okay, never that makes would sense. have guessed that. Yeah, it, it makes sense, but it's never one that would be like, oh, of course PUBG sold many copies. It was really, really hot when it came out, but I don't think, I don't really think about it anymore. That's yeah. surprising to me, but yeah, it does make sense in terms of the... Uh, grinding through our fetch quests, speaking of Grand Theft Auto, GTA 6 trailer might be around soon. Rocker's job listing reveals has Merdad Kayat at Dual Shockers. Apparently there's a game, uh, game capture team job listing for single and multiplayer scenarios, so they might be looking to capture some footage for a trailer. Who knows? Uh, EA, speaking of EA just a little bit ago, they are buying Glue Mobile for $2.1 billion, says Mike Fahey at Kotaku. Uh, so it looks like they're getting a little bit more into the, the mobile scene. Glue is, multi- is uh, responsible for any game that has a dash in it, basically. Diner Dash, Cooking Dash, Restaurant Dash, Gordon Ramsay, Kim Kardashian, Kim Kardashian Hollywood, all of these, uh, Disney Sorcerer's Arena. Um, so they're getting a little bit more into the mobile game. I'm pumped for this. I assume you are too. But China's first big game, Black Myth Wukong, new trailer, reveals bosses, enemies, areas, and spells, says Joe Scrabbles at IGN. This looks fucking badass. This is like the, the Souls-like looking game where you play as like the part monkey person. And The only thing about this trailer that I was not into was the voice of the, the like, the of the main character like as he's like grunting and all that kind of stuff while fighting it sounds like a monkey to me which is like obviously makes sense but it's like not what i expect to come out of a character in that type of game it's like ah, ah. it's like yeah well, that's weird and um on the technical side of thing for support and another thing of like support not going so well ps5 controllers are drifting and the repairs are a hassle already noticed at kotaku i checked both my controllers apparently there is Similar to Joy-Con Drift, there is a Drift on PS5 DualSense controllers. Mine don't have it, but if yours do, be prepared to uh, contact support and pay to ship it to them. The, it's under warranty, so they will cover it, but you have to pay to ship the box to them. It's worth noting, too, that Nintendo's gotten a lot of press over Joy-Con Drift. Something I've just never just put in the show before is also that Microsoft has a Drift issue with their... Um, controller 2, and I'm starting to think that it's probably not these companies. It's just the nature of dust getting into 
the the thumbstick area, and it's just it's just a matter of physics. If it's impacting all these companies, I feel like it's probably just the way things are. That's and not an excuse for easy why mechanism. you can't fix it, though. <laughs> yeah, the fixing. Yeah, if it's it something that's widespread across all controllers, it. somebody come up with a solution. Jesus, how many engineers you got to pay? Uh, three more fetch quests. Ubisoft could rename Rainbow Six Quarantine, says Jordan Allman at IGN. I've been saying this forever. Yeah, after 2020, they're not going to call it Quarantine. So they're evaluating uh, other titles. And we have... Uh, this was a really <laughs> cool one. Changing it to Rainbow Six Corona. Different name altogether. <laughs> won't, it's going to be based be on the beer, though. Anyone. And then they're like, oh, fuck, wait, that's also a virus. Damn it. Um... Uh, next up, this is a really interesting one. Epic Games' new MetaHuman creator helps devs create characters, says Matt T.M. Kim at IGN. Uh, this is a it's a character creator for game engines, or the game engine, Unreal, that is aiming to like speed up unique character design and creation with... Like it looks like a character creator almost that you would find in like a really in-depth RPG and you can adjust the eye width and you can use like a ZBrush to bring out the cheeks or the nose and all that kind of things. But then it will take that character with like really great physics and thread-based hair and it will just like immediately rig them to be animated right off the bat without you having to go in and manually do it. So it's it's going to really speed up the way that game developers create characters but also think like they're using unreal engine for the mandalorian and so many people are starting to use that tech for movies now too that it's going to become a really great way to do animation in um all sorts of mediums it's exciting they also just look fantastic yeah they look, in- they they look indistinguishable really from real good. it's incredible yeah finally Ratchet and Clank Rift Apart release date announced as Adam Bankers at IGN. What was a huge surprise to me because I swear they said this was Q1 2021. It's coming June 11th, yeah. 2021. So this summer, right around E3 time. Makes me wonder. Yeah, we're already E3 time. Makes me wonder if all the PS5 games they said were going to come out this year are actually going to come out this year because yeah. Returnal's their first and it's like at the end of May and then June 11th is Ratchet and Clank. Like, less than a month later, like, are they really going to release, like, are they going to have time to release all these games that they want to release? It's just, I don't know. I mean, to be fair, though, they released a bunch of games very close together last year. Um, but it's just, I don't know. It feels like they have so much to announce and so, so little time. Yeah. So, we'll see. Either way, I'm excited for this to come out June 11th. That's going to be Gives me hot. plenty of time. Got to get my super sexy drive. Yeah, <laughs> your super sexy drive. Gives me plenty of time to make Ratchet & Clank, the first one, a barf game. Holden, it is time for Game On Game Show. The game on our game show, we play a game called Game On. The gaming show on our game show. Game, 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 game. We have a new one today. It does involve the use of the iPad again, so we're going to go split screen in just a moment. This is Video Game Mash. So if you are unfamiliar with Mash... It is the game is mansion, apartment, shack, or house. And you play it as a kid, and you put different categories on there, and you have some good options for each category, and you have a real stinker of an option in there too. And you all sit around in a little sleepover, and you curl your hair, and you just figure out what type of life you're going to have based on chance. So Holden, uh, you have a role in this game. We're both going to play MASH together. But there needs to be a certain amount of randomness to, to mash. So I've got it here. Um, we've got house, car, wife, and job are the options. For the house, you can possibly get Peach's Castle, <laughs> Resident Evil Mansion from Resident Evil 1. You could get the home from Gone Home. 
Or you could get Link's Treehouse from Ocarina of Time. Oh, I put OOC. What is OOC? Get out of here. OOT. Erase you. Uh, if you're not watching live, don't worry. We will narrate the whole thing. But we have it on the screen in case you want to see us as we kind of cross things out and determine what our future's going to be. <laughs> So hold on. Uh, here's your part of it. You are the randomized part. So I need you to open up a browser window on one of your devices. And I need you to, the way that we're going to randomize it, sometimes you do it with like little fortune teller things where you go in, out, in, out, and then somebody guesses a number and you do one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. All right, you're going to get this one. Sometimes you do it with drawing spirals and you see how many times it connects. But for us, our purposes, we're going to incorporate video games. So the way that we're going to do this, you're going to pick a game. You're going to look up the release date of the game. And then we're going to add up the digits of the month and the date together. And that's going to be the random number that we choose. Okay. So it's a lot of obtuse steps, but it wouldn't be game on game show if it wasn't obtuse. Um, so here's how we're going to do it. We're going to have you go first. We're going to mash you first. We're going to figure out your future. Starting with your house. So hold on. I want you to just pick a game off the top of your head and figure out the release date for it. Let's do the original Ratchet and Clank. The original Ratchet and Clank. Okay, look up the release date. The very, very first one. How do I write my T's? What are you talking about, Dallas? It gave you diarrhea. What are you talking about? Okay. I write T's just like Ratchet everyone else, Clank, one leg at a time. November, so 11, plus okay. four, so 15. So here's here's the thing. We're adding the individual digits, so it's one plus one plus four. So that's six. Oh, okay, gotcha, okay. Which means we go Peach's Castle. Again, the, the options are Peach's Castle, Ari Mansion, Gone Home, House, or Link's Treehouse. One, two, three, four, five, six. Ari Mansion is not one of your options. Pick another game. Okay. Um, let's do... Um, we're going we're gonna to keep it in the PlayStation Wheelhouse. Sly Cooper. Ooh, Sly Coop or S Coop? Scoop? And we're going to do the first one as well, just to kind of keep it consistent. You know, got to keep it consistent. Okay. Um, September 23. So that is 923. So Ooh, that is 14. So that's 14. 1, 2, 3. Oh, sorry. We got to go through the, the remaining options. 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14. It is not the Gone Home House. So you're either getting Peach's Castle or Link's Treehouse. All right, hold on. One more game. These are two very different options. <laughs> yes. Um, Link's Treehouse was the stinker option. <laughs> We're going to do Super Mario 64 because that's Peach's Castle. And I think I'd rather live in Peach's Castle than, uh, than Link's Treehouse. So we have June 23. So that is going to be 11. 11. All right. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven. Not Peach's Castle. You are living in Link's treehouse. You get like a stump for a stool, a piece of wood for a bed, <laughs> and you live in the top of a tree. <laughs> All right. So Holden, you are living in Link's treehouse. Let's figure out what your car is going to be. Your options are the Batmobile from Arkham Knight, the Warthog from Halo, the Days Gone bike, which was a character itself in the game, or the horse from Red Dead Redemption 2, complete with balls. All right, we're going to do with Halo. So we're going to say November 15th, which is going to be 8. 8. 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8. 
No Red Dead Horse. Next, we're doing Knack, which I actually have to Google that more specifically and say PlayStation. Knack. So that it actually pulls up the game. And really? There's no... There's, there's a Wikipedia article for it. And that game came out November 15th, so that um, that would be 18. That's 8? Oh, one eight, plus sorry, one plus, I yeah. did the 15, and then, yeah, it's one, eight. 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, no Warthog. It's either the Batmobile or the Days no Gone Warthog. bike. All right. Well, let's do Days Gone. Let's do that. So Days Gone video game. That came out April 26th, so that is going to be 12. 12. 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12. No Days Gone Bike. You get the Batmobile. Complete with the tank okay, missions. cool. So I... <laughs> so basically, I have a nice car, so I could, aff- I could afford the nice car because I don't have a nice house. You spent basically. all your money on your car, yeah. for sure. All right, your wife. <laughs> the options are Rosalina. My wife. Toadette. Chloe from Uncharted. And Tingle. From <laughs> from Legend of Zelda. Anything but anything but Tingle. <laughs> all right, I'm also doing North American release dates for all these. Um, I'm doing Super Mario Galaxy, which is the Ooh. 12th of November. So that's going to be uh, five. One, two, three, four, five. You are not getting Rosalina. <sighs> Oof! Can I find one that's three <laughs> to get rid of Tingle <laughs> right now? That would be awesome. All right, we're going to do Wind Waker because that's where Tangle first shows up. And it seems like the pattern has been if I pick a game, then it gets rid of that option. There's <laughs> no logic that I can understand to that at all. But let's hope it works here. Um, that was March 24th, so that is um, nine. nine. Oh, that does do it. One, two, yes. three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. All right, Tingle's gone. Now we have Toadette and Chloe. It works. <laughs> Who's Chloe? Oh, Chloe. Gotcha. Chloe. I know Chloe. Okay. The hot one who jumps her bones in number two. And then Elena's like, I'm jealous. And then you play as Chloe in, on, in uh, Lost Legacy. Well, we're doing Uncharted Lost Legacy then. And that's going to be um, eight. It's 12. It's 12 again. 12. 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12. Not Chloe. You are ending up with Toadette as your wife. So, so far, you are living in Link's treehouse, driving the Batmobile, married to Toadette. For your job, you have the options of treasure hunter, a Pokemon nurse at the Pokemon Center, a mercenary, or a princess. What will be your job? All right, I'm doing um, Crash Bandicoot Insane Trilogy. We're doing the Ooh. PS4 release because that was the first one, and that's June third, thirtieth, uh, which might as well be June third. Same outcome. Yep. Nine. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. Not a treasure hunter. Not a treasure hunter. Okay, okay. Um, let's do Pokemon Red. Ooh. I'm gonna test out that theory because so far every time I've picked a game. That equivalent option in the list gets taken off. Let's see if that happens. Pokemon Red came out in North America on September 28th, 1998. So that is going to be 9, 11, 20. 20. 
1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, 16, 17, 18, 19, 20. You are not a mercenary. You are either a Pokemon nurse or a princess. Not a mercenary. Which one? (laughs) (laughs) Super Mario Sunshine. Super Mario Sunshine. um, North America was August 26th. So that's going to be 16. 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, 16. You are not a princess. You are a Pokemon nurse who got married to Toadette. You're going to live in Link's treehouse, but you're going to have a badass Batmobile car and tank. <laughs> I think step right. two of this is that I want Time you to, to write like a journal entry. And you don't have to, but I think this would be really fun. If you wrote a journal entry as your Pokemon nurse, like, today... My wife Toda and I made pancakes on my little fairy <laughs> shelf in my tiny apartment. <laughs> you basically, um, my wife Toadette is upset at me because I spent all my money on a Batmobile when we really need to be looking for a new house, and I can't afford to. Uh, I can't afford anything else right now because I'm just a Pokemon nurse, which probably doesn't bring you much money. Because when have you ever paid? To it's completely free of charge. Um, You're right. Poke Center. Pokemon yeah. fully healed and back to, to full health. All right, my turn. Yeah. All right, Holden. My house. Resident Evil. All first right. one. What's the date? Resident Evil is March 22nd. So that's seven. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven. No gone home house. Ugh. That colonial in New England. Just kidding, I don't know where it is. Um, next one will be uh, Mega Man X. What's the release date for Mega Man X? Mega Man X. Exactly. Write another T, Chad. What are you talking about? Capital T, lowercase t. What are you talking about, Dallas? My T's are just uh, fine. December, 7... <laughs> December 17th. So that is going to be um, 12 or 11? 7 plus... Uh, 11. It's 11, yeah. 11. 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, yeah. 7, 8, 9, 10, 11. No Resident Evil Mansion. No spoopy big mansion. Ooh, so it's either Peach's Castle or I'm house? living with you in that treehouse. All right. Next game is... <laughs> uh, let's do Tetris. Tetris. Um, Tetris came out... <laughs> I'm sorry. It's just funny because Tetris was made in... In Soviet Russia, so you don't usually go to a game list and see release date USSR. Yeah. <laughs> I just thought that was <laughs> kind of funny. Uh, North America was here's the thing, J- it just says January 1988. Oh shit! So 16, 25, 26, 27. If you do the year, let's do it. One, and two, they, three, four, five, six, uh, seven, the month. Eight, nine, 27. Not Peach's Castle. We're bunking up together. It's me, you, and Toadette in Link's Treehouse. <laughs> Dallas, Either for the last we both have time, jobs. I am going to write this T. I'm erasing the old one. I'm writing this T. Pay attention. <laughs> Are you looking, Dallas? Are you looking? Here we go. At the bottom of the screen, I'm about to write capital T. Hold on. Oops, it's moving. Capital T. Here we go. Here we go. Lowercase t. 
I don't know what you're looking for, but it's there. All right, moving on to my car, Holden. First game we're going to do is Super Mario Bros. 3. While you're looking that up, our, our choices are Batmobile, Warthog, Days Gone Bike, and RDR2 Horse. February 12th, so it's going to be five. Five. One, two, three, four, five. Ooh, you get to keep your car. It's yours, all yours. I do not get a Batmobile. I spent my hard-earned government paycheck on <laughs> the Batmobile, okay? So it's all mine. Is a nurse, <laughs> is a Pokemon nurse a government job? I'm going to assume it's a government job because it's like free. I, I kind of view it as like a universal health care. It's universal health care for Pokemon, ah, okay. which would be a government okay. job. Got it. Yeah. All right. Uh, next game will be... Why is that weird, Dallas? Jesus. Okay. Um, next game will be <laughs> Halo 5 Guardians. Halo 5 Guardians. And that game came out on October 27th, so 10. Why did I do that? One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. No warthog. Uh oh. So I even got. God, it happened again. The Bali horse you or the day's the game, and then that item is taken off. Um, next game <sighs> nice will game. be Spider-Man: Shattered Dimensions. The first one. Yep. Spider-Man: Shattered Dimensions. September 7th, 16. Se nope. September, yeah, you're right. September 7th. 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, 16. No RDR2 horse. I have a motorcycle. I'm a little bit of a badass. You know what? I'm going to take, I'm going to put the, the, um, the baby from Death Stranding. Like they had that as an option for your motorcycle to customize it and you have that as like the gas tank. That's, that's the version I'm going with. Okay, everyone. Apparently, it's weird that I draw the top of my T, my capital T, before I draw the the line coming down from it. So what what does Dallas? No, do? that's he the way to do it. He does line first and then top of it. I do top first and then the line. You're weird, Dallas. Whatever. Um, my wife. Oh no, I, I actually do, do it line first. Your chat. It's perfectly normal. It is normal. That is your truth. Um, Rosalina, Toadette, Chloe, and Tingle. Let's go with... It's our barf game. Legend of Zelda Majora's Mask. Ugh. Autocorrect. Uh, um, there we go. I just found it anyway. It did Major's Mask. Ugh. Stupid. Dumb. On N64, it came out October 26th. So, nine. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. No Rosalina. Damn it. That's all right. I'm still okay if we get Chloe. Uh, next up will be... What if we're both married to the same person? Oh, my God. Oh, my God. What if? And we share the same home. What if we're married to the same person, but we live in different homes, and she's got to commute? <laughs> <laughs> uh, let's go with um, Spider-Man The Sinister Six on Game Gear. Is it Return of the Sinister Six? Yes. Sorry. No, that's a comic. Nope, it is. Okay, the Game Gear. Um, it just says 1993, so that's going to be 22 if you combine all those numbers together. 
1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, 16, 17, 18, 19, 20, 21, 22. No Toadette. Okay, she doesn't have to commute. Good for her. Chloe and Tingle. God, the best and the worst. We're going to pick. <laughs> oh, shit. Don't pick an Uncharted game. No, don't, don't pick an Uncharted, Uncharted game. game. Don't pick a Zelda game. Don't pick an Uncharted game. We're going to go with Golden Sun on Game Boy Advance. Golden Sun. The first was released August 1st, which is 9. Which means you got Tingle. 5, 6, 7, 8, 9. <laughs> Damn it. I'm married to Tingle. God, I better be a princess. <laughs> <laughs> All right, my job. So, so far, I live with you in Link's Treehouse with Tingle <laughs> and Toadette. <laughs> um, I drive the Days Gone bike. So that's like my my one, that's my me time. I'm, I'm going to fuck you, Tingle. I'm going to go out and ride my bike with my baby gas tank. But what do I do for a living? <laughs> I could be a treasure hunter, a Pokemon nurse, a mercenary, or a princess. Uh, Kill Zone Shadowfall. I just typed Shardowfall. Shardowfall. They got it anyway. Wikipedia got good search. Shardowfall. Um, that game came out the 15th of November, which is eight. Eight. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven. Fuck, I'm not a princess. Damn it. Maybe I get to kill people for a living, and that's my punishment. It's like I have to live low-key with Tingle so no one suspects anything. Okay. Um, next game is... If you is... get Pokemon Nurse... If you get Pokemon Nurse, then we just basically live in government housing for our job. <laughs> and that's what they can get us. Let's do um, Wave Race on Nintendo 64. Wave Race 64. November 1st, 3. One, two, three. Fuck, no mercenary. Oh, I'm either a treasure hunter or a Pokemon Nurse. <laughs> All right, um, let's do uh, – I haven't done an Uncharted game, have I? Let's do Uncharted no, Pretty 3. sure you want to do that? The law of it oh, removing right, the option. No, I'm doing it. Uncharted 3. Uncharted 3. All right, let's see. The law has only failed once. Therefore, it's technically not a law. But – it only failed once. <laughs> Let's see. <laughs> Uncharted 3. And the law stays true. November 1st, which is a 3, which means that treasure hunter is gone. Damn it. <laughs> <laughs> so I am a uh, a Pokemon nurse married to Tingle living in Link's Treehouse. And the only thing I have got going in my life is my bike. My days gone bike. Fuck. You know, we have very similar lives. We don't have a great home. Our, we can feel good about giving back to the community with our job. We don't get paid a lot for it, but we used what we had to buy ourselves an awesome car. I wanna, we both have an awesome car. I want to imagine that when I married Tingle, it was a wonderful relationship. And then like, it turned into one of those marriages like one of them gets dementia and the other person just sticks with them until they die. <laughs> and that's what I imagine my relationship is now with Tingle. Um, and then I just go for a ride on my bike. And one day zombies take over and kill all the Pokemon and kill Tingle. And I don't have to worry about it. And I just ride my bike forever. 
and I'm just going to say secure my Batmobile and that happens and just blast away zombies. <laughs> All right. Well, that's it for Game on Game Show. That is it for our episode 199 of Respawn Aim Fire. Thank you, everyone, for sticking around. We have a couple of things. You have homework. One, next week is our episode about the future of gaming in the next 10 years. Please write in with us, uh, write into us with what you think is going to happen in the next 10 years. Uh, number two, play Legend of Zelda Majora's Mask. That is our barf game or backlog accomplishments with Respawn and Friends. Uh, you all voted for it. And if you want to vote for the next game we play in March, that game will be determined this week on patreon.com slash respawn aim fire. One dollar gets you the ability to vote. It also gets you the ability to play zombies with us this week. It is Blops 3 Zombies. Call of Duty Blops 3, the free one with PS Plus. And you get dope wallpapers every single month as well. So go do all of that. Um, again, shout out to Dallas. Despite his criticism of the way that I make my, frankly, beautiful tees, my handwriting in that entire activity was fucking wonderful. Despite that criticism, he takes some pretty good photos. So go follow him, D Smitty Games, on Twitter. Uh, he takes all of the photos that you see in the background of our things, which we will redesign our interface to showcase more in the very near future thank you everyone for listening until next time here's our usual sign off that's my impression of tingle is that what he sounds like